you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this to kind of get in the Christmas spirit. And I couldn't help but be angry, like almost the whole time being like, man, Republicans must fucking hate this movie. <laughs> to another episode of the motor mouth podcast the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere my name is joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the tim gerard hello hi tim <laughs> every time that's my favorite intro <laughs> <laughs> i realized in, in the last couple of episodes we don't really have much of a preamble it's just hi here are the topics and i think that's right. okay so here are yeah. the topics <laughs> two topics ender insanity leaves Tim, what did you bring? So I couldn't really decide. I have a, I sort of like a handful of topics kind of on deck and I couldn't really, I wasn't really super excited about one more than the other. One wasn't more relevant. So I kind of dug for one of the ones that um, it's a little more, not, I don't want to say like, like, like a downer or super serious, but less, less fun. So, um, so <laughs> I love it when you preface something with so, because what's going to come after it is <laughs> you can't, you can't anticipate. It's great. <laughs> right. And no, so it's, it's not that bad. I want to like, you know, because we, you know, we've talked about comics, we've talked about TV shows, so it's not going to be like that fun. But so, so this time I, I kind of want to talk about my OCD oh. and I think both from, for, for the, the perspective of, you know, um, you know, because we're in the midst of COVID, you know, without having dating this too much, um, it's definitely something that's become a bigger part of my life. And, and it's also one of those things too, you know, to kind of just bring it uh, more to light, make it talk. I know, you know, that's a big part of things now is people being more, more aware of, of things like this. And as far as, um, you know, I don't know if I wanted to go so far, you know, I, and I always feel weird talking about it in this context too. Cause like, as far as it being like a, a mental illness, like I don't want to add stigma to it, but I also don't want to necessarily shy away from it. So I don't know where the comfort level is. And there are definitely worse mental illnesses to have. I'm not trying to be like, Oh, woe is my life because I have this condition, but, but, you know, for people out there who maybe have it and people around them don't understand it or aren't as understanding, um, you know, and I feel like I happen to be in a, a pretty good position, you know, like most of the people I interact with um, know something about it. Um, so, so yeah, so just to kind of, I guess, bring, for the sake of bringing more awareness and for the sake of kind of putting it out there is not, I don't want to say a resource. It's not like I'm an expert on it, but I'm an expert on, on mine, you know, <laughs> to some degree. You have so, first-hand and, experience. You have done the field work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so to just kind of like lay it all out there and, you know, and, and also for, you know, to, for, for you to ask any questions, because I know with a lot of stuff too, you know, there's this you know, am I allowed to ask questions, you know, with certain issues? It's like, don't go ask your friends about this thing. Do the research yourself, you know, but sometimes, you know, it's kind of 
better to have a more personal thing. So I guess to open the door to be like, Joel, if you have any questions about how this works, you know, like feel free to ask them and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to be, you know, like take it personally or whatever. And, and that's one of the things too, like I, I do try to be light about it where it is something that people can joke about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm not so broken up about it. It's like, Oh man. And you know, um, but, but I feel like sometimes people probably feel like, Oh, should I make a joke about that? I don't know. So we can kind of address all those sort of topics. That's cool. I mean, it, it definitely, it, it's something I know about you. It's part of your, I, I hesitate to say identity, but it's, it's part of the package of Tim, right? Like I, I understand right. that about it. And it, there, there are, there have been times where I wanted to ask about it, but I didn't, I always don't want to draw attention to something if, if somebody is, sensitive about it or if it right yeah trigger is the wrong word but like make it worse if if you're thinking about it actively and but the the couple of times that we have talked about it it's been very light and like we we can joke about it and and also like i i learned how how it shapes what what you're doing um so that's cool that'll be that's a lot more like intimate and uh <laughs> relevant than than what what I've brought. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's what this podcast is. Um okay, so my topic is the Snyder cut. Oh, wait, have you seen it? Well, it it's not out yet. Okay. The concept of the Snyder cut is the the overall discussion I want to have. But okay. also this afternoon, I finally hate watched Justice League. I finally got through it. It's very fresh in my mind, and I kind of need to vent about it. And you're the person okay. to do that too, and with, and around. Yes, and I at. am. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, all the all the prepositions. Is that the- <laughs> <laughs> all the grammatical constructs. I I never took grammar. I have two English degrees okay. and no grammar. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll land yeah, on that much much more contentious and less uh, uh um, <laughs> open-hearted discussion right. <laughs> so that'll be fun yeah yeah so tim and ocd are the two jo- dots to join together <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> why don't <laughs> i i'm not the one to start that conversation right how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and no, and that was one of the things I was thinking when you were saying how, like, we've kind of talked about it, you know, and it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm definitely like open and upfront about it, but I'm also not like sensitive about it, you know, and, and, um, you know, except in certain circumstances. And I, I think it's, it's very rare that that happens because it does, well, we can, we can build to that point, but, um, so, so I guess part of what I wanted to mention too is kind of where, where I think it started. Um, well, I don't want to say started like there was something that made it happen. Um, and, and this is part of it that I, I, well, I said I'm not an expert. It's not like I've done research on the condition as a whole. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know I, I have it. I've kind of like lived with it. It's, it's grown. It's gotten worse throughout my life. Um, but um, so I don't know if it's something I, I always had and it just slowly manifested itself. But one of the things, and, and you know, I've, I, I, um, that I kind of realized is looking back to when I was a kid, when, uh, when, you know, I, I grew up Catholic and, you know, you're supposed to say your prayers before bed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if, if you're Catholic and your parents tell you to, you, not <laughs> universally, you know, but, but if you're in that situation. If you're a and good would, Catholic. <laughs> so one of the things that would happen is I'd be saying my prayers and it's just like, okay, God bless mom and dad and my sisters and, and grandma and grandpa. And, and, it, and it's like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, you know, why should I kind of say bless some people and not others? So, okay. So, okay. So I should also do my aunts and uncles and, and, and then sometimes like, you know, you're going through this whole process, you're laying in bed and you, you start falling asleep. And I would wake up sometimes and be like, oh my God, like, did I remember to say, you know, God bless so-and-so, uncle so-and-so and aunt so-and-so. And, and if I don't, like, what if something happens to them? Is that because I didn't say God bless them and God, you know, smited them because I'd, so, so it would trigger this whole thing where it's like, you know, I, I would sometimes not be able to fall asleep until I like forced myself to say like, God bless every single person I could think of. Um, you know, or it'd be times like, like I said, falling asleep and then waking up and being like, okay, I better, I forget where I left off. I better just start over again. Um, but you know, but as a child, you don't realize like, oh, this is this condition I'm, you know, and, um, and I think that's one of the things that, um, uh, you know, my wife's actually, I think done more research and she had said, that's one of the things where we're sort of believing that your thoughts would like have a direct outcome kind of on reality. You know, so, so by me saying, God bless grandma, okay, grandma isn't going to die tonight. And that, you know, and, and it's, it, it's funny too, this just occurred to me, it almost kind of ties into a little bit to like, you know, maybe, maybe this is why I, you know, Spider-Man is my favorite comic book character, because he has this whole thing of like, you know, if, if you do not act, then people die. You know, mm. that's sort of the core of, of him as a hero and what he learned from Uncle Ben. Um, so, you know, again, not that I think I'm saving lives, lives by saying God bless mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, but the fact that like, you know, especially with a child, like, like giving them this sense of, and again, not like that my parents said, if you don't say God bless grandma, she's going to die tonight. Like that wasn't something they put in my head. It was a process that I came to, you know, sort of in, in my own messed up if then statement, you know, mm -hmm. you know, if I say God bless grandma and grandpa and they're okay, then if I don't say it, then they're not, okay, you know, that type of thing. So that was looking back, I think the earliest example of it that I can remember. Um, later on, one of the things that, that kicked it into high gear was, um, you know, after, after my dad died, I lived with my mom. Well, I lived with my mom before that and my dad. And, you know, <laughs> I spent a lot of my later years, you know, when I should have, should have quote unquote moved out of my parents' house, still living in my parents' house. But, um, at that time, you know, there's this sense of like, and I think one of my uncles had even said this to me at the wake, like, you're the man of the house now. And that instantly dropped this like responsibility on me. Mm -hmm. And like every night before going to bed, and this is something that's carried through it, like I would spend much more time than any sane person <laughs> checking the locks on the door to make sure all the doors were locked. And, you know, like even after my mom's gone to bed, she's like, yeah, whatever, they're locked. I'm going to sleep. And I'm like, I don't know that they're locked. And, you know, so so like checking the locks and like looking and kind of turning the doorknob to make sure it's actually not turning, kind of pushing and pulling on the door to make sure, you know, cause some doors like, you know, if you lock it, but don't close it all the way, it could just push open, you know? So you've got to kind of push and pull to make sure it's actually pushed all the way closed. You can't just pull it open and that the doorknob is actually locked and it's not going to turn and kind of peeking in the crack in the door to see that the deadbolt is actually going across so, so that's sort of the, where the one started that's kind of carried through even to, to current day. Um, and, and that's where I think it really started. Cause before that, you know, it's like, 
either I was living at my parents' house and, and my dad was there. And so he was the man of the house. You know, he was the one that if, if a burglar was going to come in, he was the one who was going to protect us from that. I didn't have to worry about that. Um, when I went and to, you know, away to college and live with a friend of mine, you know, I think you, you kind of don't, I don't know if it's like, you know, you're kind of outside of reality. You kind of feel like, you know, and it's like, sure, I would check the locks, but it's not like, maybe it's because I didn't feel like I was protecting my family yeah, you know it was kind of like me and another guy we're just both living here if someone breaks in between between the two of us we can probably take them you know it was probably that kind of mentality but i i don't remember being as concerned although however there was there was one time when we realized that our back door had been unlocked for who knows how long and at first we were like it must be a ghost then he was like oh wait a minute i think i brought a package in from the deck and i forgot to lock the door <laughs> but, um much so, less a fun answer than a ghost right yeah <laughs> So, so I think at that point, I almost wonder why, like it almost should have kicked in, but I don't think it did. Like, I don't remember checking the doors as excessively, like it doesn't stand out as much to me. Um, and then I think one of the things that, um, I lived in an apartment and I think there was like, there was an outside door. So I think checking the apartment doors wasn't, I wasn't as obsessive about because I think I knew, well, there's the door downstairs, which locks automatically. Like it's, it's one of those doors that's locked all the time. You have to have a key to get in. So I didn't worry as much. And I think for a while, like my sister lived downstairs. So it's like, okay, I know who the neighbors are. Like I know who lives in the building. I'm not scared of them, you know? So I don't remember it as much. Um, when I moved to Colorado, I think even then when I was living by myself, I didn't worry about it as much. And it wasn't until my, my now wife moved in back when we, when we started dating, I think it definitely started growing there. Cause again, this idea of like, okay, I have like a family to protect now, you know? And if, if someone comes in because the door wasn't locked, it's my fault because I didn't check the locks, you know? So it's like, you know, and um, so that, again, that has sort of continued since then and, and sort of grown more. Um, and uh, so that's sort of, uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of one thread. That's, that, that's sort of been the main thing I think that's carried over. Um, I, I'm sure if I thought hard, I could think of other examples. Um, uh, oh, here's an example too. I'll give an example, a funny example of something that, that isn't part of it. Um, like every now and then there is a degree of like order that, that, you know, my, my mind kind of wants to impose on things, but it's not necessary. I don't get upset about it. And I remember being at like a wedding and some of the silverware was kind of askew on the table. And I just like turned the knife and fork. So they were kind of parallel to each other or whatever. And someone kind of saw me do that. And as a joke, they took it and like turned it to like make it crooked again. And they kind of just looked at me like, oh, are you going to, you know, and I was just like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm not, you know, it's, it's one of those things if I'm not thinking about it. It's like, like aesthetically pleasing more than yeah, it was here, a compulsion. Yeah, right. Here are these two objects. They should be in order. Why not? But, but I'm not going to like, you know, if you're trying to make a point, you didn't because it's like, I, I can survive if they're not like that. It's not triggering anything in my head, a process that my brain is now going through. Now, if you bring me a door um, with a lock, <laughs> right? Yeah. if you're well, really trying to hammer this joke right. home. Yeah. Then I'll sit there for like an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, not, not to inject levity <laughs> too soon into it. Um, no, really no, that's interesting. fine. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's really interesting that they both, like how many neuroses have their uh origin in organized religion that's that's an interesting i'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that <laughs> yeah. that's that's not an isolated incident but it's also interesting that it comes from this kind of worried that inaction will be a choice right the idea that like right. 
if I don't do something, something will go horribly wrong, which is such a Catholic (laughs) guilt thing, right? Like you're born guilty. Right. And all your, all, all of your energy has to be devoted to redeeming yourself in a certain sense. And I mean, there's different sects and different faiths and different ways that that is, that information is delineated or, or, or condensed or, or, or preached about in different ways. But I just, it's really interesting that it's, it's from a protective stance. It's, it's wanting to, to protect the family unit in both senses that mm-hmm. if you don't say your prayers, people will get hurt. If you don't lock the door, your responsibility to, is to protect the family. It's, it's just really interesting that, that that's kind of the, the origin story, right. For, for Tim, the comic book character is. is right. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be fair, I don't know that, that, being catholic was what caused my ocd i think it didn't help here at the, <laughs> right yeah at the very least it, it gave it a, a, a very fertile place to manifest itself right um well you know and to the same degree like i remember as a kid like because i'm i'm the oldest child and i have three younger sisters and you know ever since i had a younger sister you know it was always like well you're the you're the big brother you know there was this there was this responsibility and again it's not like my parents told me that like if anything happens to my sisters it's my fault but but this this idea of responsibility was definitely like in my head at a very young age you know and and you know which again like uh, you know i i can't blame my parents for that because that's that's just the way it works if you have an older sibling like they look out for their younger siblings but but i think i took it to to an extreme thing of this like well okay i've got to be responsible and you know if things go wrong they're my fault and you know and that's that's kind of manifested its way you know, specifically with my sisters in other ways, like, you know, throughout my life, like, for example, like, when I went to college, and moved out of my parents house, now my sisters were left alone with my parents, without, you know, me to mediate and, you know, and not to say, like, you know, I don't want to make myself out to be this messiah, like, I was the one, you know, moderating my, my sisters, and my parents, but I mean, you know, like, I feel like that, you know, I was that, big brother but without being authority figure you know someone with more experience they could talk to who yep. could kind of maybe understand where the parents were coming from but exactly. talk to them as a peer and then I wasn't there anymore and like kind of shit started going down with my family and I was like fuck this is my fault for leaving you know like mm. like there, there's you know and, and I had to fight against that like but there was definitely a big part of my brain it's like everything that went wrong between you know, mom and dad and the girls, since you left is your fault because you weren't there to mediate, you know, you were off having fun in college, you know. Um, so, and, and you know, and, and, and not to to take away their life experience, be like, oh, this thing that, that happened, that's my fault. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, and that's the thing is I don't think any of them hold me responsible. And they're right. like, oh yeah, once you left, things were bad. It's because you left that this happened, you know. But, but again, it's what my brain kind of does in the way it looks at those things. Um, uh, so yeah, so there's that. Then there's the whole hand washing thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm interested in that because that that seems like a, I I I feel like there's a brain chemistry thing, right? Like that's that's probably the, the genesis of of this kind of disorder, right? We could call it a disorder, yeah. right? I don't think that yeah yeah out I mean, of I, order I, to call it yeah. a disorder. Um, and again, the only reason I'm hesitant to say that is because I I, I feel like at least my condition with it there are people who have way worse disorders right. so it's like i sometimes feel bad like i'm trying to jump on that train see i definitely but, have that know. There, there's definitely certain groups that i'm a part of or identify as i i feel like i don't i don't own them enough to claim them as an identity 
you know, I have like these these little little parts where my toe sticks in, and and like right. I could be considered, but I'm content to like th- let that be my interaction with that. Um, so I, that it's really interesting. Like through, I'm learning a lot about you, like and how similar we are, because I'm the oldest, <laughs> but I only I have a, a younger sister, and we we started out uh, Baptist, and that kind of fell away. And we could like, not compulsively, but we were, we were always taught you lock the door for the house. Cause we lived on base when my dad was a Marine. So we had oh. base on base housing and stuff would get stolen all the time. So you just, it was automatic thing. When you get home, you lock the door. When you leave, right. you lock your, like, that's just constant for me. So anytime I'm, even if I'm going out like to get to the car, right. Unless Tyna's here, like I lock the door to walk down there to open my car to yeah. close the car and come back up. So it's really interesting, like the 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 parallels. Cause I, I also have that thing with my my sister where I was the intermediary and my my parents, they didn't really have friends. They still don't really have friends. So a lot <laughs> of stuff that they shouldn't have been talking to me, like if they had a fight and I was with my dad, my dad would be telling me the things that he was feeling about the fight. And then I, I remember specifically a car ride. I know exactly the road that we were going on, the direction we were going. He was saying this thing. And then I went home and tried to talk to my mom about it. And that made the fight worse because it was like I was taking his side. It was like, no, I was trying to trying to be that middle piece. And I, there, there's a definitely a moment, at least for me, with my sister where it's like, shit is so much easier for you. Shit is so much easier for you. And I was resentful of that. And then there was a moment where it switches like, Oh my God. Yes. It's easier for you. This is all I hoped for you. If to not have to go through the shit I was going through. And it's, there was always this thing where it's like, we wanted something from the parents and she would, she would go off half cocked. It's like, no, you have, let's, let's, let's craft the, the right scenario with the right words. And this is how we get this thing that we want. And so it, it's just interesting to not, not to make this, this section about me, but I I'm, I'm learning from you about like how, how similar kind of oriented we were with, with relations to our family and, and faith and, and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, handwashing and identity yeah. and disorder. Well, I, I, I just, it's a brain chemistry thing. So I, I think it's something about, I, I, I can't speak with any authority on this, but it, 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 do, it seems like a deviation, right? The, the door lockings and, and that seems different from hand washing. So I'm interested to see how, if you okay. think that there's a connection other than like how your brain connects things or. I mean, I think just the compulsion part of it, like uh-huh. you have to do this or this bad thing will happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. If you have any questions along the way, feel free to interrupt me because it is like, you know, I don't want to go to a completely different topic. And then it's like, oh, wait, I had a question like from five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and, and I think one of the other things too, is that kind of like what you mentioned with the, the locking the door, it's like, yeah, you know, you come home, you lock, you lock the door. It, it, it seems like common sense. And I think that's part of it is like, you go through most of your life going, well, this is just what you do. Right. And then you find out people don't do things. And then you're like, wait, but what the hell? You know, and oh, actually, real quick, I want to jump back to the door lock thing because mm-hmm. I have um, a story about that. That I don't know that this set it into high gear, but just an example of how like. Um, so I was out with um, my girlfriend at the time, 
and we, we went back to my mom, my mom's house. I think it was like at, at the end of the night and it was like three in the morning. So I was going home and I pull up to my mom's house and I hear the dogs are outside barking and there were like two police cars outside my mom's house. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And so I go in and I think I like went in and like, I think the police were there and they're just like kind of asking me, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is my mom's house. I don't, I just got home. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, and so I go in, the back door was open and I go in and my mom's like coming out in her nightgown, all like sleepy. Oh, what's going on? I'm like, I was going to ask you the same question. So apparently like we, you know, we had dogs at that time and she would let them outside to go to the bathroom and then let them back in, lock up and go to bed. So she let them outside, forgot that she let them out and just went to bed. So gotcha. they were outside for like hours, so like they called barking the police, to be let in. Right. And yeah. And, and then the police show up and their dogs outside barking and like, you know, and then I, yeah, like I said, I show, and I think the police had just gotten there before me and they were like knocking on the door. And my mom like was like, who the hell's knocking? And she, she was kind of just starting to like wake up. And then I went in like right after that and saw her. So it's just like, and it's like, see, this is, and and again, like it wasn't nothing, it was nothing she did on purpose, but it's like, there's no way in hell I would have just been like, okay, off to bed, you know, like, it's like, okay, like check, you know, so, so, you know, those type of things, it's like, okay, now I have to make damn sure that the doors are locked because you might just wander off to bed with the dogs outside and then the door wide open. And that's, that's the thing. It wasn't even unlocked. It was like open. Like anyone could have just walked right up. Like, cause then we have this outside door, little hallway and then like the kitchen door that goes into the house. So anyone could have just walked right in. I mean, if they would have had to get past, past the dogs to be fair. So, you know, it wasn't like, um, you know, hearing barking dogs, you're not gonna be like, yeah, let's get into that house, you know? Mm-hmm. but but that was the thing it was it was open you know um so, so that was sort of a, quick. yeah with with door locking i i don't i don't have many like compulsive things but something that like i catastrophize maybe every time i'm in my car is locking my keys in my car mm-hmm. i can't handle that idea it it drives me crazy because i drive i drive a bit like I, i'm i'm like the driver in in the house when we go get groceries i drive to my parents house that's like in commerce city that's like an hour away we drive up to breckenridge like so i i have this nightmare scenario where i've locked my keys in my car which have my house key and my key and if tyne is at work or my parents like the spare keys are not accessible i'm gonna have right. to like walk home and then wait right. outside my door for somebody to let me in to get the spare key. So that's something that I compulsively check. Like, did I, don't lock the door until you have your keys. I just locked the door. I shut the door. Oh, my God, do I have my keys? Like, right. There's a little bit of it that comes in for me with that very specific. I don't know if it – and it's gotten worse as – I think it just living alone and like having a car because I didn't have a car for a long time. It was never something I had to worry about was like my car keys. But I lost my house key. I always had like a roommate or something I could call. I was always close enough walking distance or, or uh, train that I could get in and go. But like I drive all over the place. And if I'm stuck there, I'm stuck there for a while. Right. So yeah. That that was just I was just remembering that. Sorry. Not to. Yeah. No, no. Like, yeah, that's. Well, actually, and you, you reminded me of, of something too, that, well, first of all, I think you would love my car because <laughs> when the, with, on the driver's side, anyway, it won't let you push the lockdown when the door is open. Right. So like you have to close the door, then put the key into lock. Ah, that's, um, that, 
Maybe yeah, I, should I mean, do that. That would help. Don't get me wrong. You can lock yourself out from the passenger side. I've <laughs> almost done that where I was like, oh, I'm just going to run around and grab this thing real quick, lock the door and almost shut it. And it's like, oh, shit, I still have my keys in the ignition, you know, right. um, but on the driver's side anyway. So number one, but number two, you reminded me that I actually went through a thing with my car door because uh, this was sort of, I think, like after college. Um, yeah, like uh, um, because of, like my car doesn't have automatic locks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that so many people around this time did have automatic locks and just assume, Oh, the driver is going to lock all the car, all the doors. Right. And it would be so many times, like I would drive like some of my friends somewhere and we'd get back from like a bar or a restaurant and like all my doors were unlocked on my car because no one locked the doors when they got out, you know? And it got to the point where I was just like getting angry about it. Like, can you lock the fucking door? Like, you know, and it's like, I know that again, like there is this, you know, uh, you know, if you have a nice car, we, oh, I'm just going to hit the button and zoop, all the locks are down. But like, why would you assume that's the case? You know, like, right. you know, like lock the door, you know, plus these are people I've hung out with repeatedly. Like they would you know. know that my car isn't fancy, <laughs> like lock right. the doors, you know? Um, and I think, I, I think we've even like, there've been times I've driven like, oh, you know, and, and again, like, you know, this was, these were people back in Rhode Island that I've been, you know, they, they knew me like from the moment I bought this car and that was sort of the case, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even with you, I've kind of been like, Oh, you know, can you lock your door? And, you know, and I think, you know, there were even a few times where you would kind of check it for me be like, okay, I pulled on the handle. We know it's locked. You know, you don't, yeah. you know, that type I was of just thing. remembering that like we went to see solo or something. I think I had written in your car or something. I, I, I always, after the first time you were like, lock your door. I, I, I asked like, is this all right? Am I doing it right? I, so yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's the thing too, is like, it wasn't, it's not as much a compulsion with my car because it's more about stuff than people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it was more just like, um, and sometimes I'll even still run around and check the door. Even if people are like, Oh, I checked it. I locked it. It's good. I'll still be like, I need to pull the handle. It's not that I don't trust you. It's just my own thing. Like I need right. to feel that this door isn't opening. Um, and that was the thing sort of back in the day. Like I, I kept a lot of like drums in my car because I used to do drum circles gotcha. and I just leave in my trunk. So it's like, you know, it's not just about like, Oh, someone can open my door. Like they could get into the trunk and just steal all my shit, you know? Right. Um, so we had, we had a, a Dodge neon that was stolen out of our front driveway. Oh, Aurora. and we ended up getting it back. Like they ditched it somewhere and we got it. It had like cigarette burns in it and smelled like cigarettes oh, afterwards. But it's like, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, did we, and it was weird. Cause we, it was like, we had family over for like a get together. So we had a whole bunch of cars and stuff. And then they, that one was just the one that was taken. It was really fucking weird. And I don't I don't yeah. know if we just didn't lock it, but that was always another thing. It's like you always lock the car. If you can park it in the garage, you do that. Right. Like responses to these like who who steals a car out of the front? I, I it was just right. really weird. Yeah. That was that that uh front front driveway had bad bad karma or something. Because <laughs> we parked we had a, a 1989 Ford Bronco the big one, the big blue nasty one. And somebody rammed into it and crunched it. And they had to be going really fast. We, we lived on a kind of a, 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 a street that people would divert on instead of taking the highway because it was like parallel okay. to 225. And this guy hit it real hard and then left, like just, just hit and run. And it bent the chassis of the Bronco oh, and it totaled it. 
and so that that it was just bad luck for cars in in that front Jeez. yard there <laughs> it was funny my dad went up and started it started right up and he drove it to be uh uh demolished and it, mm-hmm. it just pulled a little to the left the thing was an indestructible he could have driven it like that for a while <laughs> okay hand washing hand washing yes okay so so again this is something that i think part of the root of this was you know it's something i i, I always did as a kid because you're taught wash your hands after you go to the bathroom or before you eat and you're just kind of like whatever and when it started becoming an issue is when i realized that there are some people who just don't wash their hands and will justify not washing their hands like after going to the bathroom or, or whatever and and it basically opened this Pandora's box in my mind because it's like, I'm assuming that I'm going around in a world, you know, shaking hands, high-fiving people who everybody washes their hands after, you know, touching their dick or taking a shit, you know? And then it's like, no, no, you're going around talking, potentially touching hands who have just touched their dicks or, or wiped their ass. And it's like, fuck, like, I don't want to touch anybody now, you know? And it's so, so part of what triggered that. And then it's like, you know, I would even, it's like, okay, but you know, and then, you know, you kind of, you're, you're presented with this, uh, like what was, oh, in college one time, I was, uh, I was in the, like, when I was in a dorm, we, like, we had like one bathroom for the whole hallway. So it was like, you know, I had a bunch of stalls and showers. Yeah. And, and I was in there and I, um, what was it? I think, yeah, like, I think I was on my way out and I was washing my hands and some guy I knew came out of one of the stalls at the end. And I was like, okay, like, I know he's been in there for a while because that door was closed when I came in and you're coming out after me. And he walks over to the sink and we're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And we're talking and he's chatting. And as he's talking to me, he turns on the water, like sprinkles some water on the tips of his fingers. And then, you know, kind of proceeds to like, you know, fix his hair and, and then walks out and that's it. And it's like, <laughs> that's enough to make that anybody that be, compulsive. That's disgusting. Right. And not that that would be okay if he had, just taken a piss but it's like you've been in that stall a while like i know you took a shit in there and you're just like oh i'll put some drips of water on my fingertips everything's fine and and it was just like like what the hell like like now i don't know who's safe and who isn't and and actually that's a good way of thinking like i kind of kind of go through life sometimes like well who's safe and who isn't like okay i've been in the bathroom with that dude i've seen him wash my hands so he's at least pretty chill you know, but I don't know, you know, how, to what degree, you know, and, um, you know, so like, I, you know, you kind of start assessing risk in that sort of way, yeah. you know, the way that you see the people around you, it's like, okay, you know, and uh, what is it? There's, um, was it in a movie with or something with Larry King, where he's like at a urinal doing a deal with someone and they're done pissing and he's like, all right, let's shake on it. And the person's like, aren't you going to wash your hands? He's like, I wash my hands before I touch my dick, you know? And it's like, <laughs> You know, so it's like, okay, there's got to be more like than a, one person uh, in the world who has that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like that type of mentality where it's just like, oh, God, like. To have written that and, and, it has to exist in the world. Like, that's not something right. you think of. Like, Right. Yeah. This isn't the only person not washing his hands, you know. Um, so, you know, the more you see those examples, the more. And I remember one time I was at a mall and I was at a food court. And I was in the bathroom and I saw like someone coming out of a stall Oh no, he might not, he might've been at the urinal. So he just pissed. Um, and he was wearing like his uniform for a certain restaurant. I forget which one it was. It was like this old tiny burger place. I forget the name of it, but he was clearly wearing their uniform with a little paper hat. Like it's supposed to look like this fifties diner. Mm-hmm. And I saw him just walk from the urinal and walk outside and go right back to work. 
Mm-hmm. And I went, I remember going over, like telling the manager, be like, Hey, like this worker, this guy, he just came from the bathroom and didn't wash his hands. I was just in there with him and he just came right back to work. And I told a bunch of people in line oh. and all they did was they're like, Oh, and they just kind of turned around and like stared straight ahead in, li- in their position in line where they like, none of them got out of line. Like, Oh, I'm not eating here. Mm-hmm. Which added a whole different level to my OCD, which is like, oh, so some people are okay with You're someone okay with- like <laughs> touching their dick and then touching their food and you don't care. Like, so, so part of what's added to it is, is seeing how many more people don't take it as seriously. So it kind of like tips the scales the other way. It's like, okay, I've got to, I've got to extra protect myself, you know? So, so, and where that kind of comes into play is like, you know, things like touching doorknobs, you know, um, you know, if every person in the world washed their hands, the doorknobs would be pretty clean, but it's for every person who goes to the bathroom, doesn't wash their hands and then touches the doorknob as they're leaving the bathroom. Now you go to the bathroom, wash your hands and you touch that same doorknob. So you're touching all their shit and piss and germs, you know? So it's like, okay, I got to wash my hands and now I have to take the paper towel and I have to use that to open the door so I can get out and not touch any of their piss and shit, you know? So it's like, you know, I, I have to kind of develop all these processes and, and, you know, and I guess it's an, an, an excuse or, you know, where, where it's like, but I feel like I'm compensating for everybody who kind of isn't doing their share of the hand washing. You know, that's kind of for a while how I was looking at it. Um, and with COVID, it's only gotten worse. Exactly. We're re- yeah. Because soap went, w- was out of stock, because sanitizer right. was out of stock, that really showed you like, these are some dirty people. Right. The, like yeah, what did Homeland call, call them? People. Mud people? Like just <laughs> disgusting. Like, yeah. what were you doing before? Like, and that's right. the thing. Like, I would go, my mom, one of my uncles had lymphoma and it passed away from that. And my mom, after that, had taken cleaning and deep cleaning really seriously. She always had hand sanitizer because when you have a compromised immune system, any germ can be mm-hmm. deadly. So I, I never really got that. I didn't really understand that until COVID hit. I, mm-hmm. I kind of heard that origin story from my dad. Uh, he told me about that. So she would always have, that, that was the thing. She would always have hand sanitizer. And like she had read that like um, uh, gas, when you go to fill up your gas, the pump handle, that's mm-hmm. one of the dirtiest environments ever that's where a lot of germs go so we would always if we had to pump gas that we had sanitizer and then menus like laminated menus get a lot of use and carry a lot of germs and she would always have it out and do you want it do you want it and everybody would do it and i would kind of like i would do the dwight Schrute thing in in that the the menu is like dehand sanitizer well yeah like i was like i'm just gonna i'm not gonna coddle my immune system i made it jokingly i didn't like judge it or anything but like now it's every time every time i touch anything outside i have it in my car sanitizer get as much like it, it's definitely it's increased the rate of which i've done it like but i mm-hmm. i did it after bathroom you do it before you eat you do like but it, it's just so why like that that was covid was the kind of like look at this world of filthy people <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. compared to like what we what what the baseline was right like what mm-hmm. What were you doing? Just a little bathroom adjacent. I don't like this is a little little tangent. The more <laughs> I think, the older I get, the more I need a bidet. Yes, I would love a bidet. Can I just like, if you apply the logic of a non of, of a bidetless in existence, 
right to your hands right it's a nightmare like a dry wipe a dry clean in that area is not enough it's simply right. not enough sorry <laughs> well and, and they sell like wet wipes now but those yeah. are like not good for your septic system mm-hmm. so it's like okay like what was it I, yeah there's an episode of adam ruins everything where like oh but it says flushable and he's like yeah golf balls are also flushable <laughs> it's like, a lot of things are flushable yeah once <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um but yeah yeah so it's like and 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 I guess that's part of it too, is like where, well, so there's an intermediary part of this story too. There's when I, when I started working at mail services. Um, so this was before COVID happened, but this was also, well, my job before that, when I worked at the bookstore, I, I, I had my, my, my own desk. Right. So I had like this area. Okay. This is like my computer that I use. This is my desk. I have snacks in my desk. Like I have wipes so I can clean my computer, like clean my keyboard, clean my mouse. Once I've done that, okay, I know this area is clean. I can use it. I can eat snacks because I'm the only one using this and I've cleaned it and I can touch my snacks and that's fine. Um, And then if I had to go out and like touch a bunch of books, shelves, a bunch of books, whatever, I'll wash my hands after and then go back to my desk, you know? So, so there was this sort of, you know, having this, a space of my own that I knew was clean, but I could interact with the world and get my hands dirty, but no, okay, I'll wash them and then reset it. Good. We're back to normal. Um, you were the one variable in the equation of your desk area in right. your work area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember one, one time I was like out sick or I just had a day off and like, they took a picture of one of the managers, like, like licking her hand and pretending to lick her hand and touching my monitor or something mm-hmm. like that, <laughs> which, and again, like that was the type of thing. Like I thought that was funny. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it wasn't something that I like, took personally it's like you you can be damn sure i wiped all my shit down when right. i came in the next day but it's like whatever like you know it, it didn't really harm anything and i think um also because like um i know some of the other people uh were, were pretty good about washing their hands and they were like mild discussions or you know some people had like hand wipes like oh yeah i had to deal with a customer and this that so i'm going to clean my hands before touching. it's like okay cool like you're we're kind of on a similar page you know um, so that, that always helps when you can kind of see that other people are interacting, um, somewhat the way I am. So then I got the job at mail services, which most of the people I worked with were just like straight up gross. Like, <laughs> like there was definitely like one, one person who, you know, I, I would, I'd been in the bathroom with him at one point and he just, yeah, you know, again, straight up didn't wash his hands, like put some water on his fingertips and walked out and it's like, fuck, okay. Like that's, that's where I stand here. Um, another guy who, you know, seemed from what I saw was pretty good about like washing his hands and stuff. Like, again, I'd been, you know, like you're, you're in the bathroom, there are multiple stalls. You kind of, you know, keep it like, okay, is he washing his hands? Okay. How long is he washing? Okay, good. You know, and you kind of <laughs> check in with these people. Um, but then, you know, just other people who had just like gross practices in general. And it's just like, okay, if you think that's okay, you know, it's like, can I trust you to be like, Oh, I need to wash my hands now because I've done this, that, the other thing. Um, I also remember the first time I took my, my mail van out, like the, the steering wheel was just like sticky oh. and the rubber on it was like falling apart and sticking to my hands. So I was like, I need to buy gloves tomorrow. So I bought like, you know, and they, they weren't like fancy work gloves or like gardening gloves, but just to have right. a layer between all the shit I was touching. And this became like my process at, at the, the job was that I had these gardening gloves that I would wear like, and at first I would just wear them 
uh, like out because it's like, okay, if I need to look at my phone or look at my wallet or I need my ID to get into a building or if I, you know, um, go to get dinner and I can't, like I'm not around a bathroom, I can take my gloves off and my hands are clean. I can eat, do whatever I need to do, put my gloves back on. So, so that kind of became the process. And for a while it worked. Um, and then I started wearing my gloves, like while I was at like the mail services headquarters, because it's like, well, shit over here is really gross. We got mustard on this fucking mail machine over here and mustard on the keyboard and orange juice and pickle juice. All, you know, it's like people were eating at the computers and just dropping shit. All. So it's just like this, this whole place is just fucking nasty. So I just like the whole time I was there, I would just never take my gloves off unless it was like, I need to touch something that's in my pockets that I want to keep clean or to wash my hands, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, um, yeah, so that pretty much brought it up to, to when, when COVID hit and it was kind of like, okay, like, and, and honestly, for the first few weeks of COVID, I actually wasn't that worried because it's like, this is how I've been living like right. all along. Like I have my gloves on, I'm not touching stuff. I don't touch my face, you know, um, this, that, and the other thing. I don't put my fingers in my mouth, you know, <laughs> like, like who, who was doing this up until that point? Like, who was just like, oh, no, 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 I need to lick all my fingers, you know, like. Um, Chicken wings excluded. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, I guess. Yeah, if that's like this isolated incident, you know, sure. And then you, you know, wash you know, afterwards, you, you, right. you do the yeah. thing. So, you know, so it's like, at first I was like, hey, this is, this is fine. I'm going to thrive in this environment because everyone else is all frantic doing the things right. they need to do that I'm already used to doing. And now you're um, this, then, this prophet, this list, like, right, right, I, yeah. I, let me show you, let me train you. This is what I've been yeah. preparing for. <laughs> Commandment one, wash your fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> Commandment two, wash your fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, I mean, then when it went to like, airborne and it was like where it's beyond hand washing so it's like okay now now it's just all fun so um but that, well that actually played into the whole idea of like oh we're gonna wear masks now and originally they gave us masks but they're like here's a bag full of loose masks and you know i was like are they individually wrapped and one of the managers on the zoom call is like no and he just reaches his hand into the bag of masks and pulls it out and they're like yeah no they're just loose so i was like they did the cool. same thing you've just touched all those masks with your fucking gross hands that you probably didn't wash after you went to the bathroom like i'm not wearing those masks <laughs> so in in our department and I, I i'm not gonna say names i'm not gonna <laughs> put it out there like that but they gave us masks and it was late in coming like nobody was on campus but it was pretty late in coming for us to get masks and they were in these bags with holes in them. So anybody that touched them automatically yeah. contaminated them. Here you mask. A chew. And Here there was go. a chunk, <laughs> like a chunk of them. It wasn't individually wrapped. So I went, I washed my hands, and I had Ziploc bags, and I put individual ones in each of the mailboxes. And then I sent an email, hey, our masks have arrived. Make sure you wash these before you use them. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is the way to do it. I, it, it right. It baffled, it is, I have been, through COVID, I have been periodically checking in at Walmarts because that is the worst example of American society. And it's the greatest <laughs> assortment of what the interpretation of wear a mask is. And it was really shot, like the first time I went, it was pretty decent. Like people were wearing them. They, were, they weren't really keeping the, you can't really keep your distance in Walmart. That's not what, how these people work um i'm one of these people i go to walmart but it it just was really interesting and then halfway through when we were at the first peak it was all everywhere like Mm -hmm. down here 
up here like the mask was not covering what it needed to people were just jaw jack it was it was it was awful so it, it's the mask thing is such like i not to make this like a covid uh rant but i always i want to keep i want to put up a post is like hey can we check on your people who wear glasses because we're not doing okay with this mask shit the fogging, and especially when it's gotten cold, the fogging with the, the air and trying to get your glasses over the top, and then you've touched your glasses as you've been out and about and trying to be able to see, and it's mm. just been not fun. It also makes me wonder, too, like these same people who are wearing masks like that, are they also the same people who are like, yeah, I wore a condom. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see the six kids. of Yeah, you're, you're wearing a condom. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did did you have more uh, uh, mask stuff? Um, not that's so much more mask stuff. No, okay. yeah, and, and then just I guess in terms of the hand washing, just getting worse. Till uh, well, if you had something to interject, you can do that now. I, I have a couple of questions. Okay. And these might be friendship straining questions. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I won't take it seriously. I'm, I'm opening the door for this discussion. That's part of why I want to do this. <laughs> so for. As somebody who who has been to the bathroom adjacent to me, how 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 do I rate on the hand washing? Um, I I think fine. I mean, I, okay. I I've never I've never really uh like I, like I haven't logged you in my brain as like don't fucking touch anything that Joel touches, you know. And I, I can't remember going to the bathroom with you, so that's probably a good sign. Okay. That, that it wasn't usually it's the bad stuff that stands out. Like, you know, there's definitely uh, so. I expected you to do the Dwight Schrute with the breath. Good, not great. Like, <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Um, but it, it is something where whenever I've, I've gone to the bathroom adjacent to you, I'm all like, mm-hmm. oh, we need to go for it on this one. We need to make sure that we're actually like, Tim's doing it how you're supposed to. I need to get in there. So that's that's definitely, so- it's improved the cleanliness, at least in proximity to you. <laughs> Well, so here's the thing too, is the way I look at it too, is like, people will get an A for effort. Right. Like if you're, if you're doing something that can technically be considered washing your hands, not wetting your hands, but washing your hands, like right. I'm usually like, okay, like they're doing the thing. Yeah. I acknowledge that what I do is overkill, but <laughs> so I don't expect people to do what I do, right. you know? Um, you know, again, like I, it's funny, I made the joke one time, like Michael Scott with the, oh yeah, an engagement ring is supposed to be three years salary, right? You know, like I, I've made the joke where it's like, yeah, like you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 minutes, right? 20 minutes. <laughs> so, you just so like, heard it. Yeah, yeah. So I know that it's it's way too much what I do. So if if someone is doing the normal thing, I'm not like you need to wash your hands for at least five minutes. Like I might do that, but that's again, that's part of my compulsion. And I don't expect people to share my compulsion. I expect them to do their their part, do their minimum part. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, yeah, if you're washing your hands, it's like, okay, good. I can, I can shut it down, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, um, and I'm trying to think like another thing too, that I've noticed with just people in general, I, I've also, and I guess maybe this is the next stage and we can get to this after the more questions, but like just the, the things that I just avoid touching to begin with, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think it's, it's becoming kind of, kind of the worst part of this because it's, it's kind of creating this weird sense of isolation mm-hmm. um and uh but we can come back to that if you have more questions yeah uh, <laughs> um yeah and that was always a consideration like when 
when I hosted, when we were podcasting in person, that was the consideration. It was, we wanted to make sure that you were comfortable. If you wanted your jacket put somewhere, like we, we were always worried of like unclean. We didn't want the, the, our house to, to be that. <laughs> Every time I think about it, like comedically is, is that scene from Bob's burgers where they're having the uh, um, sleepover. And there's the one like germaphobic yep. girl. Yeah, that's and me. And she goes, someday a cleansing rain will come. That's what I keep telling myself. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> well, the, the other great example I thought is when, was it Louise is threatening to hold her glasses <laughs> over the toilet. And she's like, ah! And she I is like, see. oh, give me those. And she's like, oh, here, let me clean it with my breath. Uh, and, like, ah! and she freaks out like just, I was like, yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> you're not helping. Someone else's <laughs> breath is not better. <laughs> all right um, so this take take this question to the spirit in which it's meant yeah your car uh-huh how does that enter into your i i love you dearly tim and i i i have been in dirtier cars mm-hmm. but not many so right. That my, was always my, my wife would love this question. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's it's something that I I did. This is I'm so grateful that you've brought this topic to the podcast, right. so we could talk about it in a safe environment. Right. I I just it always broke my brain a little bit. <laughs> Step into it the first time. I was like, what? <laughs> what has happened? And it, it's it's. Uh, again it, it's it's <laughs> it this you, is just a question yeah. of love i don't understand how the hand washing and the car the michael scott how many fillet of fishes did you have right scenario so if you you could join those dots together for me that would really help me <laughs> okay yeah so that, and, and again like i said I, i've had this the same discussion with my wife about about certain things or uh, for example, one of my other, um, and this is this is in just to give you an idea. This is only under specific circumstances, but but like sometimes I'll still like pick my nose, and she's like, "How can you be so particular about this, that, and the other, but still pick your nose?" And it's just like, and, and I don't know if it's just again, it's like this 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 part of your brain where it just kind of doesn't connect those things. Be like, "Hey, this is gross too. You shouldn't be doing this." Real quick, and like yeah, I was like picking, my, I have a link real quick. For okay. some reason, my mom was obsessed with Rosie O'Donnell when I was little. And Rosie mm-hmm. used to have a TV show, like a talk show, like a morning show. And she had yeah. Celine Dion on one time. And Celine did this thing where she took a Kleenex and wrapped it around her finger and went in. And I've been doing that ever since mm. because Celine Dion is a classy motherfucker. <laughs> and that's so the way to pick it. your goddamn nose. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. See, I would do that if I, if I could be if I could be guaranteed the cleanliness of the tissue that I'm putting in my nose. Uh, so that's part of it is like, usually when I'm picking my nose, it's because I know my hands are clean. So I'm not like mm, introducing bacteria into my nose. Gotcha. It's whereas like, if I took a tissue out of a box and it's like, well, did the cats just walk by this tissue and wipe their tail on the tissue? <laughs> and now I'm putting cat tail and ass germs in my nose. This is great um, so, content. Okay, yeah. This is the bed. <laughs> we need bidets. So back, We're picking our nose. <laughs> right. So back to the car. So the, the car. car. Yeah. Um, you're right. There's a huge disconnect there. Um, and and I, I acknowledge it. It's not something where I'm in denial about it. Um, it. It is a fucking mess. And it's gotten worse because of COVID. Because 
Um, so, so here's the, the, the distinction I do want to make is that, you know, because it's my car, it's like, okay, the, the steering wheel is clean. The gear shifter is clean. All of that is clean. Um, however, the passenger seat is fair game. You know, that's a fucking trash can. <laughs> so, yes, but I've been in that seat. Am I trash? Right. No, no. So, <laughs> so, so that's the thing is it's, it's so rare that I have someone else in the car mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, uh, you know, I've just finished eating this thing or did whatever. Okay, just throw it over there. Um, you know, there's also like, uh, it hasn't been like, like the dashboard, I think is also like super dusty. So I don't know if that's something you've also noticed. Uh, there's just like, like kind of crumbs like around like the cup holders and like the console area, which part of that's just because it's like, okay, to clean that, like I've got to dig in and get all that stuff out of there. So to me, it's like, I'd rather just leave it and not touch it. That area is dead to me, you know, um, that that's def- kind of the, <laughs> I'm not sinless in this regard. I have to say that like my, my car is not immaculate, right? Mm. I definitely give myself a, a little bit of a pass because I can think about your car and feel better about myself. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> did yeah. you go, did you go on many road trips as a kid? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I mean, we went on a few because like my, like we, we never flew until I was like out of college. And that was like a, a trip I went on with some friends. We'd never been, I'd never been on a plane. My family never went on planes. We went to Cape Cod from, from Rhode Island to Cape Cod, which is a few hours, which is Rhode Island far. Gotcha. Um, uh, but that was about it. Like that was maybe once over the summer, like okay. not like a, a long ass road trip and not often. Um, so I, I only ask because when you go on lots of road trips, you, you, car trash bag becomes a big thing. Right. Especially with like four people, you're all eating so I always like, there's trash, but it's always contained to the bag that I just ate food from. That's, that's ah. where I'm at. So, so here in, in, under perfect conditions, that would be a perfect solution. However, with the amount of trash that I have or I'm throwing away, it's like, okay, I have to put this trash in the bag. That bag is not going to sit there unless you have a trash can to hold the bag open. So that means I have to touch the bag to put the thing in the bag and now i've had to touch the trash bag and the you know so so that's where the whole just throw it on the floor that's where that comes from and then every now and then while i was at work i used to be like okay i've got some time i'm going to go in with my gloves and pull all that trash out and throw it away um so i would clean it every now and then um i should have made more a point to be like oh i know joel might be in my car because we're meeting today i should clean my car out um but sometimes it just didn't work out that way um and that's the thing too it's like you kind of get used to your own mess right. so, so part of it is like I'm, I'm not trying to say like oh no no that's different i mean it's in my head it's different but i acknowledge that it that being different in my head doesn't mean that it's like okay like mm-hmm. it, it is still a fucking mess you're right <laughs> um and that's the thing like in my head i'm like I've talked to Tyna about this. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how this squares. And we were like, it's probably because it's his trash. Like, that's that's the the, mm-hmm. the thing. And pro- the the logic in my head is like, if it's Tim's trash in his environment, it's not going to be as gross as anywhere else on the planet. I think that's right. a fair assumption. Also, a lot of that trash are like wet wipes that I would wipe my steering wheel down mm-hmm. with. So, you know, it's not like, uh, there may have been some food trash, but I I think there was a period like where I stopped eating in my car because it's just like, yeah, like I can't be touching, like I don't want to get my steering wheel all greasy. So a lot of the trash that would accumulate is because I was using wet wipes to wipe down my steering wheel and all that stuff. And then, okay, throw this on the floor. Um, Or 
I would have like paper towels. Like that was another thing to, to leave the apartment. I would have a paper towel so I could touch the outside door that everybody, cause our, our old building, you know, we had, there were eight apartments in a building and it was a front and back door right. that was locked that people had to get into and out of before they could get to their apartments. So that meant that, you know, our doorknob, like, you know, we were the only ones touching it, but the outside door had been touched by everybody coming in and out. Right. So I'd always have, I remember to take a paper towel with me to use, to touch that doorknob, to open it. And then I'd get in my car. Okay. Throw this on the floor, you know? So that's the other place where the trash came from. So yeah, it was a lot of it. A lot of it was like paper towels and, and old wet, wet wipes. So, so that's part of it is in my head. It's like, well, it's not like I'm throwing like, like garbage, like a half eaten hamburger is just sitting on the floor you know um we don't have to eat anything <laughs> yeah, what is that even yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so so yeah so so again like you're you know you're you're right um but that's the way i thought of it you know that was sort of how that happened gotcha. um which which is yeah it's still a fucking mess though <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time I kind of like double, triple taked, I was like, do I sit on this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I, I, have my, too, thinking. I had my bag like in my lap, like, I don't feel safe here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember thinking too, like, yeah, because sometimes there, there would be stuff just on the floor, but sometimes it would be on a seat too. And I was like, do I brush this stuff on the floor? But it's like, but then I have to touch it with my hand. And I think one time I used my shoe to kick it all onto the floor. <laughs> I or remember I think one time I reached into the back seat, which is where my work gloves were and put on work gloves to brush it onto the floor. Um, so I think, I, yeah, like probably the first time I was kind of like panicked. So I was like, oh shit, I haven't had someone else in my car. What do I do with this trash? <laughs> but then like, I tried to think of ways to be like, how can I make this somewhat better in the moment? So, yeah. <laughs> thank you for for putting that to bed <laughs> it's just it, it it's it's been at the back of my mind for such a long time yeah, not fair. in a, like not in a, like frustrating way like it just mm -hmm. is this little like offsetter part of like where where does this line up <laughs> so. it's like the the lewis black like you know i never would have made it through college with that and been for my horse you know it's like it's just gonna bounce around and give you an aneurysm unless you can like get it out of there <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that i'm not the only person to have have raised that issue with you <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and and i think that's part two of where like how i own it is like you know it's like yeah it's like i'm not gonna make uh, it's such a fine line like i'm not gonna make up a reason why it's different and exempt like you, you're you're right it is like a contradiction but also the acknowledgement that in my head, this is why one thing is okay and one thing isn't. But but yeah, you're right. There's no getting around the fact that my car is a fucking mess. So it's, it's like, also, yeah. I think it's also part of like, it's it's something that is not debilitating to you. It's you have these quirks and these specific things that I mean, it, it may become so, or like COVID has made it like scarier. And we've talked about worried about like developing agoraphobia and like that that kind of like trajectory but the idea that there are you have those distinctions i think that's that's the kind of gray line that you can kind of live without mm -hmm. like constant compulsion it's not as severe as it could be you know that that's an interesting yeah yeah well that i mean 
without sort of making this overly dramatic, it has gotten exponentially worse because of COVID. So it's, and it is kind of to the point of not, I mean, yes, you, you, you kind of with, come up with new routines, yeah. you know, cause that, that, the whole thing with the car, that's probably about like a year ago, if not more, right. Definitely pre COVID. Like, I don't think you've been in my car since COVID started. No, but it, it's been, yeah. I guess nine months. I guess it'll be a year pretty soon. I, I keep thinking of it yeah. as like close. Well, no, it seems like yeah. very recent, but also very far away when it's. No, started. I'm just saying since the last time you were in my car, it's probably been. Well, we were doing like we were doing writing group, like when we were getting together and doing writing. Yeah, would have been the last time. I think that was we did that in February. Like we were, I think it was okay. part of our like we were doing it as like a New Year's resolution. We were trying to get into a right. habit for it. And then it was probably like, we probably shouldn't meet because COVID yeah, in March. That, so that I was think, probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we're coming up on a year since the last time you've been in my car. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that like, you know, since then it's like, yeah, with, with COVID it's, it's again, without sounding too dramatic, like it, it's almost to the point of just being scared of the air, you know, where it's like, you know, again, it's not something that can be, okay, I've washed my hands enough, which don't get me wrong. That's also part of it, you know, is also just washing my hands a bunch. And, you know, most of the time when I'm, when I'm late for the podcast, it's because I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. I need to wash my hands. And that's not gonna be real quick, you know, but it's like, you know, where, where, where do I put this? You know, do I, do I stop halfway through because I have to go to the bathroom and, you know, you're sitting here awkward for 50 minutes, 15 minutes, or do I do it now and show up a little late? So at least it's out of the way, you know? Right. Um, so we got to you know, develop the fish odor method of urinating. That that's the way to do. It. No contact. Just it's not going anywhere. Right. Just yeah. hands behind the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's how yeah, we all should from that. now yeah. on. Yeah, it's yeah. it's always dubious. <laughs> I have terrible depth perception, so it doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's more. What do I do after? Uh, yeah, which i guess well, if i'm just staying at home i could just walk around with my dick out <laughs> well there's that that's fair yeah. <laughs> i was i thought you were asking about like the shake and that's that's just kind of a, a body right. thing but yeah. then it could go places it it's also yeah. like also it goes everywhere <laughs> it's, there's so many office references right part of part of dwight's uh or uh rain wilson's um audition was you know urine is sterile right so you could wash your hands with it. <laughs> so <laughs> I shouldn't get in trouble for urinating in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Mine might be sterile, but I don't want my, my dick isn't sterile. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so it's yeah. also hard. I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think this, it, it's exacerbated by the fact that like COVID is constant. It's always right. talked about. It's so much in the ether as here's the number of cases. Here's where we've peaked. We're getting worse. And that doesn't help with a compulsion because it's mm -hmm. validating. You have to take precautions. You have to continue right. these things. Right. And it's, it's something where like my mom, as we were scaling back up and was getting into to Thanksgiving and they were worried about my grandma and all of that stuff. I was like, the, the methods are the same. If you are, if you are, have been doing the things that you've supposed to have been doing this whole time, right. you don't need to adjust your behavior. Continue to do those things, and you will protect 
yourself and the people around you. It's the people that went to fucking barbecues on right. July 4th and Memorial Day and didn't social distance. That's what when they're not doing the things that we've been told to do to right. prevent this, that's where it's spreading. And that's something like it, it's helped my headspace where it's like just continue the good practices that you've you've implemented. That's that's all I can do. And it, I mean, it it's easy for my brain to just do that and then let it go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the, the brain chemistry of the, the disorder is. It's where it's like, it's not enough. I have to, it's more prevalent. I have to be doing more actively in order to, to offset it. Yeah. And, and I think that like part of it too is like, you know, kind of developing my own process on top of that. Like, right. you know, if I do these things, then I'm okay, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that's sort of what it's become is like, we, you know, we have our routine for dealing with like how, how we get food and how we, you know, deal with packages. But, but we, you know, even though, you know, I guess, um, what is it like most, I think top scientists at the CDC, like take no precautions with their mail. I think it is like my wife was telling me mm-hmm. she read something. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's not as contacted contracted through surfaces as it is through the air. So it's like, you know, your mail is probably fine, you know, um, but, you know, for me, and part of it is like seeing the people, the type of people who handle the mail and how they handle themselves. Like it's not a, it's, you know, that's part of it. It's not just a matter of COVID. It's like there could be shit particles on my mail because someone took a shit, didn't wash their hands and then handed me my mail, you know? So, you know, th- those type of things. So it's like, you, you know, it's, it's also kind of, it's, it's developing, um, yeah, these sort of processes, but it's, it's yeah, kind of based on a worst case scenario, you know? Um, I also thought of something the other day too, and I don't know how accurate it is. Again, I, again, I haven't done research on the brain chemistry in that part of it, but I feel like a lot of, well, you know, and this is kind of associated with anxiety, you know, there's anxiety that comes as a result of it. And I feel like, you know, one of the ways to kind of sum up anxiety is having like a little bit of information about something like you have a little bit of information to kind of scare you, but not enough to really get it down to, okay, this is really what it is. And if you, yeah, to get to that point of, if you do this, you're safe. Right. Um, and I think, you know, or maybe part of it is your imagination filling in the gaps where you don't have information. You know, you have a little bit of information to kind of start your brain off on a tangent. And then it's like, you, you yeah, you catastrophize and fill in the worst case scenario. So that's what I, what I'm thinking when I look at like every single package, you know, that comes to our door, has shit, piss, and COVID all over it, you know? Like, <laughs> so I treated it as such. <laughs> yeah. And before I was only okay with the f- first two things. Right. <laughs> now this is the third. That's just too much. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I think you had, you had said you, you were doing therapy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was one of the things I wanted to come back to. I had, I had gone to, um, so back when I was still doing the, the mail job uh, through DU, you know, we had access to, uh, I think it was like six counseling sessions a year. Yeah. And of course, I started it towards the end of that year. It was right when they changed it from instead of going to like health services on campus, you had to go to some other place. They're basically just like, you know, here, go, go off and find someone else, whatever. Right. Um, so I was able to fit in, I think, four sessions um, before the, that fiscal year ended. Um, which, which really helped in a lot of ways. It, it did help. Um, 
I think had COVID not happened, I think I would be more on a road to possible recovery and be kind of dealing with some of the processes to make myself better. Um, but then it's like, yeah, you have something like that. And it's just like, now's not the time for me to try being brave, you know, and like, mm. you know, to kind of pull into question, like my, my caution, you know, um, and some people say it is some people like, Oh no, it's a great opportunity. It's just like, uh, it's not worth risking my life over to just, you know, to be like, I don't think this is safe, but I'm going to do it anyway. Take right. that OCD. Oh fuck. I got COVID because I right. did this thing, you know, do which you... is also part of the OCD, you know, it's like, right. you know, it's, it's feeding the, the, the catastrophizing yeah. snake right. eating its own tail. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and anytime a person kind of will offer that sort of, you know, Oh, I don't think you have to think of it. it's like, I don't know if you wash your hands or not. I'm not taking advice from you. You know, like, you know, it's like kind of judging kind of where their frame of reference is for what's safe and what isn't is also part of, you know, if someone's trying to give me advice, it's like, yeah, but you also think this thing is okay, which I also don't think is okay. So I can't take your advice on this other part, you know. I'd be interested to like, I'm really good at, at, at advising other people to seek therapy when I don't do it myself. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucked up enough that I need to, I, I haven't, um, but I, I'm curious to see with with kind of COVID and and how how therapy for OCD would kind of be tailored in in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested if there are strategies that they could help you implement at least like um, I, ideation wise or, or philosophically realigning like little practices you could do from home, not really having to to venture out i'm i'm curious to i would be curious to see if that would be helpful or or if it's adapted since it's yeah. been a a i i mean you're not the only person to have ocd and i feel like right people who are in therapy have found a way to continue to be in therapy during covid so i'm mm-hmm. i'm curious to see i would be curious to see if if that would be <clears throat> there would be new strategy that that's in any time like anything like I'm not trained to do everything. I, I'm not. So when, when I'm looking at loans restructuring, that's not my forte. I'm not trained to do that. Like I need somebody to advise me. Like, right. and I don't know how my brain synapses are aligned and why I'm associating different things. I need somebody to help me. Like that's, that's, I'd just be curious. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because I remember you um, were telling me about they were we we had talked about a couple of the sessions you'd been going to and it was going well and mm-hmm. it was it was helping. So, I just curious. I, I don't want you yeah. to be agoraphobic. That's the thing. I'm I'm right. This is this is not me trying to like intervene or anything. no no no. I just no, was no. curious if how how honestly, I I think if I tried therapy right now, I I if, if my therapist told me to do something I wasn't comfortable with, I probably just wouldn't do it. Like I wouldn't take the risk. And I think that is part of it is you have to kind of, and it was part of what we dealt with is you have to force yourself to be in situations that make you uncomfortable where the kind of fight or flight and anxiety kicks in. And then you just have to live with that till it kind of subsides and show yourself like, look, the worst thing didn't happen. Right. Um, but that's not something I'm going to do with COVID. No, that's, it's something yeah. I could do, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was part of it too. Or like, for example, one of the things was like, she gave me like a list, like, here's the things, you know, the kind of new ways to kind of retrain yourself how to do stuff. And that was part of like washing your hands, like 20 seconds. That's it. You only can wash hands for 20 seconds. No more. You're done. Um, another one was taking a seven minute shower, you know, like you have seven minutes, that's it. 
get out after seven minutes, you're done. Um, which for me, an average shower for me is like a, almost two hours. Wow. And that's sort of how long it takes me to feel like, yes, I've washed every part of my body in, in an order and to a degree that it is clean and I can step out of the shower and feel like I can go about my life without being panicked because I don't want to be sitting at home being like, Oh, did I wash my arm enough? And I'm just going to freak about about this all, all day. And, you know, and, um, you know, it, so, so, you know, those are the type of things, like, for example, maybe I could try like, okay, if I never left the house today, let me do a seven minute shower. So I can kind of train myself to, this is what a seven minute shower looks like. I'm not going to die if I don't take a full shower because COVID isn't, isn't a factor. So those are maybe I things I could be doing. Seven minute shower, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, like I barely get wet by that point. I mean, um, half of that's jerking off. <laughs> 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 so yeah what am i gonna do with the other almost seven <laughs> i washed my hands before my that? dick and then i washed That's my right. dick and then i watched them together <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see that on uh lewis black had a show um where it was like the root of all evil i think it was called uh-huh. and he would have these fake court cases about which of these two things is the root of all evil and it would always be two comedians that were like lawyers who were arguing each side and one of them was Greg Giraldo was arguing that Viagra was the root of all evil. I forget what it was arguing against. <laughs> the- and he's like, Viagra gives you an erection for four hours. So after I'm done having sex with my wife, what am I supposed to do with the other almost, almost four, four hours? hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like if you have any kind of like length to your hair as I'm starting mm-hmm. to, like you have to let shampoo and conditioner sit in a minute. That's two minutes. So where's yeah. the, and I'm six foot five. There's a lot of me and there's a lot of hair. Right. Like yeah. the, the, seven minutes, that, that's ambitious. I might, I yeah. might try that. Well, just, and, just and to be fair, it. I think, yeah. And, and I mean, I think it's, it's kind of like the whole yes man thing, like the yes man movie mm-hmm. where he goes to the whole movie saying yes to everything. And it's like, well, the purpose isn't to say yes to everything. It's supposed to get you comfortable with right. the idea of saying yes. And then you actually make choices. So I think it, it, yeah, it is a degree of like overcompensating. So it's like, if you can take a, ten, a seven minute shower, then a 10, 15 minute shower, it's like, oh, okay, this is no sweat. I, this you is know, luxurious. Yeah, you can back into a more normal place. Um, but again, the, like shower, the idea is, Tim? yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm throwing know, again, it back for a real one, mother. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you can do a seven minute shower and not die, then yeah. you're training yourself that it's like, okay, I won't, I won't die if I take a 15 minute shower, you know? Um, so, so yeah, maybe there are things like that, like, like sort of, and I actually shared me buy a book on Amazon. It's like about, it's like an OCD workbook. So it gives uh-huh. you like exercises, um, which is sitting on my shelf right over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's where books so, go. <laughs> yeah. And they, they don't get read. They stay on the shelf. That's what the shelf is for. I don't want the shelf to seem like, you know, it's inadequate. You know, it's like, no, you're doing a good job, shelf. You should hold, hold all those books. Because um, where does it doesn't live on the, on the table, bedside right. table. What is it doing there? Yeah. I don't want the spine to get all cracked and bent up. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so you're, you're right. There, 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 there would be things, there could be things I could do now. And I would, I would consider maybe after this is over, like going back to therapy to be like, okay, now that things are normal, like, like let's kind of get back on track. Let's fix things. Um, and uh, it was interesting too. One of the things I brought up with, with the counselor I was seeing is like, I, I wondered if part of what, what caused it. Cause like, I know that with um, 
with a lot of religions, there come rituals, you know, and I, that's kind of what I thought of that first one, you know, bringing it back full circle, that, right. that idea of doing these processes. And it's like, okay, if you do this X, Y, and Z, like you're done, you're good, move on. And I was like, is it because I'm not religious and I don't have any rituals that my brain has to create other rituals that I need to do? And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true, but it may not not be true. You know, she was kind of very kind of like, you know, Hey, it's, it's an interesting thought, but, but you know, her thing was like, I'm more concerned with or, or interested in kind of creating the new habits, you know, whatever it is that caused it, here's how we try to break those habits. Gotcha. Um, you know, so you're looking for an origin story and a metaphor, which is, is what you do, right? Like, that's, right, yeah, that's how you, that's how you interact with the world, right? Is trying to make it a right. metaphor for what's happening. So, right. Yeah. I, I think it's also difficult with like a limited amount of sessions to really like get right. into, like understand that. And then that's the thing when you're going for OCD, it's like, okay, we've got a limited amount of time. Let's give you strategies to try and mm. work on that thing rather than the origin story, which is, Right. much more interesting to you and me right like i'm yeah. i'm always fascinated like whenever i have like a realization of like this is why i have this kink it's so fucking weird that that's the thing like when you connect the <laughs> yeah. dots you're like this is probably why i'm this way i right. i like tracking that stuff down like that that's mm -hmm. that helps me like it, it it helps me like acknowledge it and and be like okay if, if this is where it started now i can unpack where to go from there yeah. And, you know, and that, I think that was the thing too, is that she didn't want to necessarily like invalidate that idea, but right. it wasn't as necessary as correcting the behavior. If that's what you're interested in doing, you know, right. if you, if I went in there being like, I don't want to get rid of my OCD. I just want to know why I have it and then continue living as opposed to, I want to stop doing these things. Okay. Right. Here's what you do to stop yourself from doing right. these things. So so yeah, I think that's I think that's about everything. Unless unless you have more questions, I think that brought us up to, to current date. Where yeah, if I, if I step outside our front door, I have to shower for two hours because I'm afraid of the air. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I, my impulse is to ask like, with with like a, a longer than twenty second hand washing. Mm -hmm. I'm. It's not about like the logic, right? It's not about I know that the science says after this point, what you're right. doing is superfluous. Like that's, that's not it at all. It's like for you to feel clean, right. you have to devote this amount of time to it. And that, that's, yeah. that's the, 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 the crux of it in, in, yeah. in a certain sense. Yeah. Part of it is, again, there's a, there's a routine, there's a ritual. There are yeah. certain things I do when I'm washing my hands and I, that I do a certain number of times and I have to go through those processes that number of times. Um, and, and, you know, and again, I know it's a, like you said, it's above and beyond what the CDC says, but it's like, well, what if in those 20 seconds, I don't touch this part of my hand and there were still germs on it because I haven't gone through these specific motions. Um, so, you know, so that's, that's part of it. Um, also, sometimes with certain things, I kind of view it as, you know, like I, I haven't done a lot of this, but there were times when I was younger where I would help people like work on their cars or whatever, or, you know, ch change my oil. And if you wash your hands for 20 seconds after changing your oil, your hands are still fucking filthy, right. you know, like you need the fucking lava soap with the grit and you got to get it off. And then you get that first layer where the soap turns black 
And then you rinse right. that off and you go back for round two, maybe even three. So part of me also views, even though we can't see the germs, like what if there are germs that are still hanging on the way that grit is like stuck in inside my fingerprints, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, it's, and luckily I haven't gotten to that point where it's like, I can only wash my hands with lava soap. I feel like that's one of the things in my head is like, don't, don't let yourself get to that point where if it's not lava soap, I can't possibly be clean. I don't want right. to like be taking off a layer of skin. Even, you know, even though that's what a lot of people say, like, you know, do, is that what you're trying to do? Are you trying to just take your skin off? And it's right. just like, yeah, try. <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously, I don't want to get, or, and actually one thing I've been able to back off of is I used to use like water that's way too hot because like part of me was like, oh, the hot water will kill the germs. And a part of where this, this would help too, is I have an uncle who I think to some degree also has OCD. And we've kind of like, it was, it was funny. We had this moment one of the last times I was in Rhode Island where I was like, Oh, you OCD, yeah, I have OCD too. And we high fived. And it was this look on our faces. Like, oh, it's like, well, wait a minute, I'll be clean because you have OCD. So there was this moment of panic, but then this calm realization that washed over, like this is an okay person to high five because we know our hands are clean. That um, is amazing. It's so, yeah, so perfect. See, that's, so yeah, that's, that's the perfect example. It's not this irrational, like I can't touch anything. It's like, if you, if I know you have OCD about hand washing, I know your hands are going to be clean. I can touch your hands and feel fine about it. Um, it's like the end so, of the eighties the era sitcom where the high five is the freeze frame of the end, right. but the high five happens. You look at it and you're like, and then you do it again. Cause you realized you both. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like an uh, ax cop when they like high five like five times. But no, but he had, he had done like research and it was like in order for the water to be hot enough to actually kill germs, it has to be something like 200 degrees, which would melt your skin off. So you can't get water hot enough to be killing germs. But for me, so I, I've toned it down, but it's still like, you know, to me, like warmer water, water helps to lather the soap better, which gets the germs off. So like, I still can't wash my hands with cold water because it, it just never gets like sudsy enough for me. Right. So, but, but, you know, but that's one of the things I've kind of acknowledged, like, okay, yeah, like, like hot water where it's like, you know, it's as hot as I can stand it. Like that's, that's not good. That's just hurting. So I've, I, you know, it's, it's warm water is what I'm searching for. So that good, I'm getting a nice lather. It's getting all the germs off. Good. Um, so there, there've been little victories along the way, you know, so. Well, that was I something kind of really like, appreciate I, those. <laughs> yeah, that was something eye-opening for me is when the CDC put out that like putting rubber gloves on and then putting like dirt or oil on it, and then showing how to wash your hands and how much is left if you just if you're not going over the back, you're not getting the wrist, and like this, like my technique is definitely improved as a result of COVID. Like mm -hmm. there was always soap, there was always water, there was always like a a cursory lather right but not right. not to the extent it is now where it's like my life depends on it you know right <laughs> that's awesome like i i i don't know if before the podcast we would have ever like talked about that that's really cool yeah. and, and that's the thing is it's come up sometimes like yeah like a lot of people know about it and and it's been you know it's come up it's sort of when it's relevant to a thing happening during a situation, you know? Um, and I, I think that's one of the things too, like you said, like, Oh, when I've gone to your house and you're like, we need to make sure Tim's comfortable. Like I've, I've really started to see that in how, while I appreciate that people are acknowledging that, like, I, I don't want to be one of those people. Like I try to be easygoing, like as a, as a guest or as a, as a friend and not be like, here are these hoops you have to jump through because of me, because I have this issue. 
And I remember like I, I when I one of the last times I went to Rhode Island too, I stayed overnight at my sister's house and she was kind of like, okay, I'm locking the door and I'm doing, and she was kind of talking me through all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. But I'm also like, but I also feel bad for her that she has to kind of like coddle her, her older brother who's got this weird neuroses and like, she has like a doggy door and she's like, now, is that going to be okay? Like, should I lock the doggy door? Or are you going to, and it's just like, no, that's fine. And it was kind of almost like, you know, like, oh man, like it, it's almost like a kind of lose-lose situation because either people, you know, people can be an asshole about it right. or it's almost like if people are being too nice to me about it, now I feel bad because I'm putting them out and, and making them do go out of their way. You know, it's like, and I, you know, so it's like, no, it's cool. Yep. Okay. I, you know, I checked the door and, you know, and, and whatever. And, and I think that same thing happened at my cousin's house too, where he was like, oh, I'm locking the door now and you can check it if you want, but here, you know, and it's like, it's like, oh man, like I don't, I don't want to have to be like a, a burden on people in that way where it's like, okay, you know, if Tim's coming over, we got to make sure to, you know, lock all the windows and close the doors and walk him through the house so we can see every corner and it's locked up. It's like, oh man, like, and that was kind of one of the things that made me want to kind of try to work away from it. But again, that was all also pre COVID too. And now right. it's, it's a whole different thing, but that's the thing. Like when we were doing it, it was, it, it's all love, right? Like it's not, we, we want you to feel comfortable. We want you to come over to our house because we yeah. want to hang out with yeah. you. That's, and, we, and, and it's not, a, yeah. it's not a burden or anything. We just want to be like, especially nowadays, like so many people are so shitty to everybody. Like right. if we can do a little thing to make things more hospitable, we're going to do that. Like that's, that's just basically as long as I know where your soap is. <laughs> yeah. We definitely do the dishes more digitally if we know you're coming over. <laughs> See, I mean, even that I think wouldn't wouldn't be as big of a deal. I mean, I yeah, I guess sure if I was like, like eating off a dish that had old food on it, oh, no, that no, no, might no, be no. an issue. But like, yeah, no, but like, not that you did, but like, you know, it's like most normal things. I'm I'm, I'm kind of cool with and. Yeah, there are other little little details I could get into of other specific things where it's like, oh, okay, that's a new thing, but they're not as prevalent as the whole hand washing thing. So I won't dig into every detail of it. But <laughs> but yeah, you will find every now and then something pops up. It's like, okay, I guess that's a problem too. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To to shamelessly segue on something I yes, have please. problems with. <laughs> that's great. I like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so topic number two. Justice League into a larger extent or lesser extent, depending on how this goes. Uh, the Snyder cut that is eminent, apparently. So I m just a, a little context for the listeners that my journey with the DCEU, as it was sometimes known, not officially like the DC cinematic universe was a lot of hope and then very dashed, frustrated uh, expectations where I liked Man of Steel I think it's a good smashing and crashing superhero movie. He's not terribly Superman-esque. He's very depressed and emo Superman, which is not why I'm in the game, but he beat people up and he's got a hairy chest and he looks good. So that I, I can watch it. It's got five endings. So does Lord of the Rings. I like things that have five endings, um, despite them. Then came BVS, which was such a disappointment for me. I came out of that theater and just yelled into the abyss, which was my friend Alice sitting right next to me. I felt really bad because she's like, why are you yelling at me? And it wasn't at her. It was just at the no, situation. You yelled into her. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> yelled at and around 
about the neck and face. <laughs> All the prepositions. <laughs> and then I went and saw Suicide Squad and it just was like a heap of garbage that I did not enjoy. And after I made the decision after that. It's like, that's the last time DC gets my money. And I think one, maybe Wonder Woman came after that. I liked Wonder Woman. I enjoyed that. I, I like that film more than you because I really like the electric guitar theme song, which you hate canonically. Or if not, it's used better in the film than it was used in BBS. So it, yeah, yeah, it's used better in the film, and it's adapted pretty well in Justice League, which might be the only good thing I say about Justice League. Um, but I was just so mad. It's like Warner Brothers is not getting my money ever again. I'm I'm so pissed off. And then I saw Joker, so I'm I'm totally a hypocrite. There's no. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, Joker is outside of the whole Zack Snyder universe. Fair, fair. So I think and that could be, yeah. Like I didn't see Aquaman, and I didn't see Justice League. Aquaman came afterwards, and I held out for such a long time. Um, I tried to get drunk one night and watch it, and I didn't get past Batman fighting the Parademon and. An actor I really like. I like the guy who played the thug who was just spewing exposition. Like, that's all his character was there to do, was just say, there's an invasion coming, because Superman's dead? Hey, Batman? Like, that's all he did, was point at the exposition. It's like, just to catch everybody up, Superman's dead, people are coming. Like, that, I don't know why he's New York. He's not New Yorker. He's, he's Gotham, which is a scared accent. It's not a, a New York accent. I... I so it, it and i wanted to talk about the snyder cut so today on a whim literally right before that like i finished 15 minutes before we were gonna record i was like on a whim I was like okay if we're gonna talk about the snyder cut and how how that exists in the zeitgeist as a thing that's happening is very strange and interesting i should have the context of what the actual film was like so i watched it I'm so glad I didn't pay money to see that movie. I I just maybe you give some context on how how you you came to watch Justice League before. Like I don't want to be too negative because I know you enjoyed it. I think that you like I, actually enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say enjoyed. I mean, okay. You said it was worth a watch. I feel like that was that was where we landed when we last spoke about it. Yeah, but it might have changed. COVID changed a lot. (laughs) I I still have, I think I've still only seen it once. Um, I'm I'm trying to sort of because because that and BVS does kind of blend together a little bit in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to separate the two. Um, I feel, I think from what I can remember, what my perspective was, was that I think Justice League was better than bvs i think because like bvs was supposed to be batman versus superman but let's also throw wonder woman in and then let's also add these other three characters who are going to come in late so for what i i think and and i'm not the filmmaker but for lack of better term what it was quote unquote supposed, supposed to, be, to be a movie about batman versus superman it had a whole bunch of other shit thrown into it whereas justice league was supposed to be a movie about the justice league and it was so it gets points for that um I, uh, you know, as opposed to like BVS being like Justice League, Justice League 0.5, not 1.5, 0.5. It's like the Mm -hmm. prequel, like, you know, issue zero kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I feel like 
the fact that they were telling us this was going to be a movie about a group of superheroes and it was like that kind of worked to a degree your expectations um, were so low that just because the justice yeah. League showed up it it, it validated yeah. the, the ticket price right um I, yeah i think I, actually i think you're right i think a large part of it was how low the bar was set because of bvs so by comparison justice league was kind of like oh okay you know it wasn't worse than i expected you know um i i, I do have to watch it again at some point um because there definitely were a lot you of really terrible don't. things about it <laughs> like the 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 fucking the fucking henry cavill's lips the mustache I, I, fucking oh god the cgi removed mustache it's, it's in so the bad. first fucking scene oh god it's so bad <laughs> and like i i was as we i'm watching and he shows up and i'm like there's certain frames where it's better than others but yeah. the the ones where it's bad it's just it's and there's never a point where i didn't notice it i noticed yeah. it constantly and I don't think it's just because I'm looking for it. I think right. if, if I saw, like, that first sequence is so horrendous. There's right. no reason that needs to be the beginning of the movie. Right. At all. Sorry, yeah. you were saying you and, need to see it again because there's, there's... Yeah. Just to kind of see it, like, okay, now that I know what it is, to kind of see it again, to really take it in. Um, and, and, you know, and that's the thing, too, is, like, I... I try to not be that person who goes into every movie being like, Oh, this is going to fucking suck. And I'm such a, a brilliant film analyst that you better work your ass off to prove yourself to me. Like I, I try to go in pretty neutral and, you know, and, and, and from what I've seen for the most part, like I tend to enjoy more movies than, than the people around me, you know, like there, there've been more times that I've seen a movie and I've been like, wow, that was cool. And and a lot of my friends will tear into it. I'll be like, well, okay, I guess I was wrong about Fuck how good me that movie was. <laughs> then as opposed to everybody loving a movie and being like, are you kidding? That was a piece of garbage. Like that, that's, it's very rare that that happens. Mm -hmm. um, Fargo is one of those. Like I remember when Fargo came out years ago, this is like what, mid nineties, everyone talked about how great Fargo was. And I watched it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like what? <laughs> um i'm also not I'm also, a fargo fan i, I didn't yeah. i didn't get the thing it, yeah but but there are very few movies like that where i'm just like like shocked and almost insulted like yeah like you you know i i, I trusted you you know i i gave right. you the benefit of the doubt right. you had to do so little to make me go yeah good job and and you you just fucking tanked it you know like yeah. um so and, and honestly, I feel like even even Batman versus Superman, like I didn't hate it. I was just I was more confused by it. Um, and, and so again, I think like with Justice League, it's like okay, it's a superhero movie. I apparently don't know what the fuck that means. So give me what you got. You know, okay, that's what that's what loaded up. You know, so, so that that was kind of the thing. That was sort of the the approach. I think. Yeah. There, and oh, one of the things I do want to say is I, I will, however, vouch for uh, Aquaman. Aquaman was just good. Like every, you know, and again, I'm sure there are other people out there. And again, it'll flip back around and be like, are you kidding? Aquaman was fucking stupid. But like, there, it was just like, like I got so much more out of James Momoa than I was, than I was expecting. Jason. You know, Jason Momoa. Yeah. Like <laughs> Momoa. There, there was, James Momoa. <laughs> James. <laughs> yeah. 
speaking of which, oh, I, I, I have to tell someone about this. So I, I, I watched them. Um, sorry, quick aside, you can cut this out if you want. I watched uh, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol today. Yeah. And when they start talking about the Marley brothers at first, and I'm like, that's right. The original is Jacob Marley. I'm like, who's the second Marley? It's like Jacob and Robert Marley. I was like, you fucking guys. <laughs> His brother is Bob Marley. Okay, the other famous Marley. Got it. Good job. Okay, moving on. <laughs> that's great. So uh, that so anyway, might be so, the cold open. Yeah, <laughs> you can cut, <laughs> you can this, cut out. this out. Yeah. I'll cut um, it out and put it at the front. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I, yeah, I, I and maybe that's that's part of why I'm the, the person to talk to about this because I'm not trying to I'm not going to try to sell you like no no it was a good movie like I'm sure whatever you feel is completely justified and I don't I don't necessarily feel as harshly but i understand why you would you know and 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 i will gladly give you the room to express that (laughs) freely and without judgment and that's the thing like i mean how many fanboy bullshit are you i mean the reason we're having a snyder cut is because of disappointment with this film Mm -hmm. which i think i think getting snyder to put more of his hands in this is the wrong fucking move not not yeah, that like, not that Whedon coming in fixed anything, I don't think. And you can definitely it, it feels mismatched. It really Yeah, it's does. still a Frankenstein, yeah. Yeah. And it I think just do something else. Like this yeah. is not what I want from Zack Snyder anymore. I thought I did when he was like Oh, we're gonna do Batman versus Suit. Like, re- do you remember the the uh, San Diego Comic Con reveal where they have the panel, like the the quotes from the panels where Batman is saying to Superman, "I want you to know from now on that I beat you, and I could have killed you, but I didn't. The only reason you're still like whatever that line is, that was the reveal. And then they had the big BVS reveal of the the logo for the movie, and that that was like, <gasps> and then proceeded to do nothing like what that comic was mm-hmm. that's the thing bvs was wildly mischaracterized wildly mischaracterized basically every comic book person in it mm-hmm. I, I that's just how i feel about it i did not however complain about the visuals in it i think mm-hmm. most things were pretty well rendered in that doomsday is a little funky they didn't really do the comic book version of doomsday the way I, he was kind of like this the mud or uh uh like the villains from power rangers those mud men <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like that's kind of what he looked like it, i mean he started to grow spikes but it, it just that that never really got off the ground but like the when batman beats up all those people in the 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 storage room or the the warehouse that's an incredible sequence there was really like yeah. some gorgeous big Zack snyder like scope you could see what was going on. It was dark, but mm-hmm. like there, there was some scale to it, and just the 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 effects in Justice League are just so rubbery, so mm-hmm. ill rendered, so not true to life. There's one point where they're about to leave on on the Batwing or whatever it is, or a troop carrier that Batman has, and there's a little CGI Alfred who looks like he's in PS2, like he's just <laughs> sitting there, and and I like. They, they've revealed what the new Steppenwolf is going to look like, and it looks better in, in this new version. But he, he looks terrible in this movie. He looks like a PS2 villain. 
Right. Like it, it, everything is so rubbery and so ill-fitting and it's so much slow-mo. My God, they linger on some awfully lit, awfully composed shots. It, it, do you remember in uh, uh, the, 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 the trailer shot from uh, Age of Ultron? In the cold open of Age of Ultron where they're taking out the Hydra base and they all jump over the log at the same time and it's slow-mo. Oh, yeah. And the mm-hmm. Avengers comes under the like the the, yeah. the crescendo of the theme. That's yeah. what Justice League felt like. It was a whole movie of those, right? <laughs> like, hey, here's this. Hey, here's the. It just we're it, doing something together. <laughs> it, it, uh, I don't want to spend the whole time shitting on it because that's that's basically how I feel about it. it. It just is so poorly executed, and it's so suffers from a comparison with marvel which is obviously a thing people have marvel fanboydom and the people who really like dc don't like them and there's this whole thing but like when you look at a successful franchise for comic book movies with a shared narrative which is what dc was trying to emulate or trying to catch up on it you have to compare it to marvel there's no sure. other example. Nothing else shares continuity in quite the same way. And this felt like a half-baked Avengers. It felt like we needed a cyborg movie. The cyborg origin story was really interesting from the little bits and pieces that we got. Mm-hmm. And I think they were trying to do too much too fast and didn't really have the building blocks to build the storyline. Because they only check in with those stories for the other characters long enough to like here's a little bit of exposition and we're going to go on. Right. And it it would have been, it would have been a lot better to have just, just copy Marvel. Just do the same shit. You're selling to the same audience. We will all buy the tickets leading up to the thing. If you're promising me justice league in five movies, I will watch the pieces that lead up to that because I know it can be done. Well, right. It, again, it's such a mischaracterization of all the like. I do not understand what Ezra Miller's Flash was doing. What? What is brunch? What? Where is this like Big Bang Theory level writing? Like, and that's that's canonical on Motormouth. How how much I dislike <laughs> Big Bang. Right. Yeah. It's just it. <laughs> It was a quirk character that I don't know that Barry Allen has ever been quirky. I haven't read too many comics, but that it just was like that uh, a flash. But he, he's an investigator. He, he he has this like clinical like like criminal investigation mind. He's smart. Why I, they kind of gave him this like on the 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 spectrum awkwardness anxiety care like that that's the biggest like Joss Whedon hands in the, the mixture it felt like just like really felt tacked on for for uh comedic relief and not really it did not fit in there at all and what was batman's motivation in this like who wrote batman like that it, it's 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 boggling it is a, he, it's so wildly different from bvs batman which was a take. It was a dark take. I don't know that. I think that was also a mischaracterization. But go with that character, right? Like if we're mm-hmm. if we're meant to believe this is a continuation of that shit, he's laughing. He's making jokes. 
He's making jokes to himself with nobody else around. Like he, like the first time they fight Steppenwolf, he gets smacked down and his shoulder gets out of its socket and he goes, Oh, he is tall. <laughs> what the f okay. I, I maybe maybe this is just me crashing and burning and not not really wanting to talk about the thing that I brought. It it just I was so continually validated in not having seen it before watching it through is like this is terribly played paced this is terribly written what happened to lois lane that and the over sexualization of every female character in it was just ungodly like especially coming off of wonder woman which was good like there, there's a mm -hmm. dick joke in it i don't think the dick joke needed to be in there that I have my the, that one little problem with Wonder Woman. Otherwise, I really like that movie. But this was just like, I don't need to see Diana's ass in every shot where she's talking. And it just was like every, it fails the Bechtel test, like full on fails. Mm -hmm. No, like they have names, but they only have names because we know them from previous movies. And they're only talking about dead fucking Superman. All of their right. character is developed because Superman is that was wasn't there anymore. It, it was just and Lois Lane canonically is a badass. She's very smart. She's very capable, and she's dealt with the grief. I mean, she dealt with it in Superman Returns. Right? We have right. a really strong characterization of that character raising a child with Superman just piecing the fuck out. And she moves on. She has this this new life, and she has this editorial. Like she's put that to bed, and she's moved on, and she's stronger for it. And it, her whole existence is not defined by being the reporter who reported on Superman. She's still a badass Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. In this, she was a wet fucking blanket. I and it if they were gonna do anything interesting with that kind of play on her because she says i i what and she's like i i disappointed you after you died it's like why is your whole character wrapped up in the identity of this man it's so so male so so fragile male to have written it that way i just it it, it was it was really egregious that really bugged me because i always liked lois lane i always liked mm -hmm that character because she i mean even margot robbie's no no not margot robbie uh what can't remember yeah margot kiddo kidder that's why margot is in both their names like <laughs> she she had a very specific kind of in on that character she she couldn't remember how to spell things she was kind of quirky she was always dropping things and uh 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 the clark kent was really kind of a good counterpoint to that. Like she was barreling through and he was struggling to catch up, right? Chris Reeve, that was a good combination. And they were both like pretty well-defined characters. I mean, there's problems with those portrayals, but like I, that was more than anything. I was really disappointed with that. Like she's barely in the movie and the little time that they did focus on her, they totally undermined like the, the, the strength of that character and the nuances of that character. And they could have played it that way, but they gave it no time to develop. I, it, it just... <sighs> I 
that's the thing before before i had watched it i i i made that meme where it's uh gabe in in the uh the interview with andy from the office where mm-hmm. andy's trying to be the the new regional manager and he's giving uh details about the sun because how far away is the th- sun 93 million miles and andy knows all this stuff about the sun and Gabe just snaps. He says, shut up about the sun. Shut up about the sun. So I took the freeze frame from, from that scene and I put shut up about the Snyder cut. Shut up about the Snyder cut. Because it, it's like every little detail. And that's the thing. In COVID, we're getting every detail about everything and it's all pushed back to infinity. And it's just like, I, I thought maybe watching this would make me want to see it, to see the Snyder cut. Hmm. And I am definitively like not wanting to see it now like it, it, it just i don't think snyder understands these characters at all you say things now i'm okay. sorry <laughs> no no so, yeah you, you needed to get that out <laughs> um well first of all i think this has made me want to see this Snyder cut now more from an intellectual point of view, because it's like, I, I want to know, you know, cause you brought up things that like, Oh, it feels like this was Joss Whedon. And it's, so it's like, part of me wants to know, okay, what was Joss and what was in the original, you know, did Joss ruin this or was it ruined before Joss got on board? You know, like it's that's, that's like, kind of what I want to know. You but know? Snyder had all of BVS. No one else has their fingers in that pie. Yeah. And well, it's and, a bad yeah, that's pie too. Yeah. It yeah. made me throw up. It's poisonous. I don't like the pie. Yeah, yeah the, the, the problems are bigger than this one film. And I think that's part of it too, is that, um, you know, it's not just, oh, things were going smoothly until this one film happened. It was like, there were, there was already cracks in the foundation, you know? And I mean, so, so one of my thoughts you kind of hit on with the whole like Snyder verse is that, that, yeah, like Marvel was kind of doing their thing. So it's like, okay, does DC either do what Marvel's doing and do a bunch of individual movies that build up to a justice league, or do they hurry up and rush to the justice league to play catch up? Um, and they chose, yeah, let's rush and just throw them all together just so we can get there, which, which from the get go, like that was something I was like, yeah, why? Like you, like if you do a cyborg movie, a wonder woman movie, a Batman movie, you know, we had our Superman movie, like, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm in it, you know, like build, build these characters up. Um, and, and also just in general, it felt like so many of the decisions were let's do the opposite of what Marvel is doing, whether it's a good decision or not, as long as it's different from what Marvel's doing. And then the other part of it is I feel like they were, they had a bunch of really successful comic book movies in the beginning, like the Christopher Reeve Superman, the, you know, um, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Batman, like, like, cool. Like you, you've had these characters for a while and you've put out, I mean, you know, sure there were, captain america movies in the past and spider-man movies which i love the spider-man movies like from the 70s and 80s but they're garbage you know (laughs) but but it's like sure like you you had really kind of cornered that market at first with those movies you know but then it's 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 almost like i I sometimes feel like they kind of had like the pearl jam syndrome where we had a first few really good things and everybody loves us so we can do whatever the fuck we want now and people will still love us and it's just like what the fuck is this garbage like no like we love you because you made good stuff if you stop making good stuff we're not going to like it just because it's coming out of your head you know and i feel like they i almost wonder if they were kind of a little too arrogant going into be like hey you know we got superman and batman we got christopher reeve and and um 
Michael Keaton, we, we can't lose. Let's do whatever the fuck we want. And people eat it up. Um, and, and, and also part of that, I think, was, okay, we don't want to repeat ourselves. Let's also do the opposite of what we've done before. So this Batman has to be the opposite of those other four Batman we've had before, both, you know, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and um, um, what's his nuts? Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, right? So, so how do we make a Batman that's different from all those Batman? Um, how do we make a Superman that's different from Christopher Reeve and, and, you know, Tom Welling and all these other Superman characters we've had up until this point? Um, so I feel like that's one of the things is like, like, no, don't just do the opposite for the sake of doing the opposite, like change things up, but, but pick out all the best pieces, you know? It was so like, crazy do, to watch this. Do what's the best thing, not what's the different thing. Right. It's crazy to watch this after seeing The Witcher. Because mm -hmm. I love Henry Cavill in The Witcher. Like, yeah. I, he actually gets to do like he, he's more of a stoic character and he kind of grunts his way through things but it's like he his did whole things voice is a grunt. <laughs> he, he, he did things though it's like and that's what that character was and we got to see him like interact and do stuff as Superman they've let him do fuck all since basically Man of Steel like he really hasn't done anything Superman ish since then hmm. in this one he just like he's super op and when like they bring him back from the that was a such a fucking misstep too like yeah. why would you do death of superman the worst reviewed most maligned character death in the history of comic books people hated that and the aftermath was garbage like why would you even touch that when you, the last superhero, like I'm sure they made money off of Man of Steel. That's why they let Zach touch the other properties and start this universe, mm -hmm. right? Like it made money, but that's not the Superman that you do Death of Superman with at right. all. There's been no time. Right. We don't love him. He's right. not absolutely yeah. truth, justice, like in the American way that. After watching The Boys and The American Way, just and also like current America being garbage, like not not the best tagline, but it's just like right. that. That's not the guy that we mourn, right? That's that's uh, you don't do BVS, you don't do Batman versus or Dark Knight Returns with Death of Superman, and also try to make it a Trinity team up, like. Right. It's just all of the worst ideas. Also, the, the other thing, kind of speaking to your point earlier about like Ezra Miller's Flash, which I, I, I really enjoyed him as an actor. And I tried to watch his performance, like, again, like in a bubble, like I have no idea who the Flash is. And like, I haven't <laughs> been watching like three or four fucking seasons of The Flash on the WB with um, um, Grant Gustin, who's fucking incredible. And be like, no, we're going to put a new Flash in. Like, like that, that's the other thing too. And like, and you know, and I know, a lot of the discussion when this comes up, there is, like you mentioned, there's the whole DC Marvel thing. Like I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I don't just dislike DC just because I'm a Marvel guy. Um, and, and that's one of the things too, throughout this whole thing, like all of the CW stuff was so incredible for so right. long. Like, like they were killing it there. So, so don't tell me it's just because I'm a Marvel guy and I like the Marvel stuff because I'm just, you know, kind of being fed whatever they're, you know, throwing up or whatever, like, like, yeah, I can dig some of the DC stuff when it's done well, you know, and like, you know, like I get it if you can't have the same actor go in the movie and if you didn't want them to be connected, but it's just like, 
don't expect me to care about this flash when I already care about another flash, you right. know, like, like, sure. Like he's, he's kind of funny and quirky. And, and, you know, I feel like the actor did as well as he could with that role, you know, same with Henry Cavill. Like, I feel like he did the best Superman he could with the, with the lines that he was given, you know? Um, but, but yeah, like why, like, it, it, I don't know. And then again, that's, you know, that's kind of where I think weeks ago, we talked about that whole thing. If I was in charge of DC, how would I do things, you know? And I guess it also depends on at what point I was, I was come, came on as the head of DC. Is it now? And I've got to fix all this shit or was it back in the day? In which case I would have said, sure. If you want to keep some characters, TV characters, but we're not going to bring them in the movies. And then if we do at some point have a crossover, yeah, we have those same actors come from the TV show and play them in the movies because why wouldn't you do that? Like, why do you want five versions simultaneously of the same character? You know, like it, it's, it's just, just, it's just a mess. Of demographics. I, I feel like they just don't, those departments like don't talk to each other. The television yeah. development do not talk to the film development who don't talk to the animated film development. It's, it's it's the difference between the Mandalorian and the prequels. You know, the prequels. George Lucas was in charge of everything, did whatever the fuck he wanted, and no one could say anything. Yeah. The Mandalorian. There's a fucking committee where they pass ideas around and share all their good ideas and boil them down to all the best ideas, and you get the best possible product. You know, like there it is. You know. Yeah. I just just to go back to like the Snyder cut as a thing, like. I enjoyed 300, right? I I was yeah. in college and watched that film and it it's it's uh, it's like fucking like very primal, very like it's entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. There's not much substance to it. It's just right. glossy and shiny and dumb and violent and sexy. That's what that film is. That's what Snyder does. That I mean that that's what he's good for. I I mean I watched uh, uh, his Dawn of the Dead, which is like the, the the Dead series, is like the the fucking holy grail of zombie movies, right? Like those films are incredible. Romero's take on zombies is like the definitive take. Mm -hmm. Inspired Walking Dead, like uh, Nicotero, Greg Nicotero, who does the effects on that, like worships at the feet of Savini and and Romero. So to like and to watch, I, I watched his version first, and then I watched the original, and the original is incredible. And then watching it again, it's just like he misses the point. He he up. He, he, it's like Spinal Tap. You'll take something and turn it to eleven, <laughs> but in turning it to eleven, he loses the spirit of the thing that he's emulating. Right. Like the soul of Don of. Dawn of the Dead is consumerism and people having become zombies and the end of the world and coping with that and living in a world where materialism no longer can exist because the world has fucking ended. There's no soul to Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. It's the, the through lines are zombies in a mall. That's it. That's the only connective tissue between the two. And it, it, it it's... I, I should have known then that if he was going to do Batman, he was going to miss the fucking point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and this is one of the things too, I feel like a lot of people, like when you, when you kind of have too many opinions about a comic book movie, it's like, Oh, it's just about a comic book movie. They're supposed to be just kind of fun and whatever. It's like, sure. If you're a child reading a comic book 
and it's just a bunch of colorful pictures and people flying around in tights. But like those of us who read comics as children and grew up, like the comics grew up with us. Like there's, there's tons of metaphor. There's tons of social issues that are addressed in comic books. And it's like this, it, it's, it's raised the bar. So you can't just turn around and be like, hey, we're going to make a shitty Batman movie and you should be okay with it because it's just a comic book movie. It's like, no, like, you know, like you can have a comic book movie that has lots of depth and story and, and character. So don't make it like some flaw of mine that I'm expecting something from a movie when there are all these comic book movies out there who are knocking it out of the park and then you're going to kind of throw a piece of shit together and be like, well, why do you think a comic movie should be this? It's like, it, because it should be, and because we're paying for it. Like you said, like you shouldn't be getting my money, you know? And here's the thing. Like, I don't disagree that it's a comic book movie is for kids. It should be fun. I agree. It should be fun. This right, movie yeah. is not fun. It's fucking a slog. It's poorly paced. The effects are just bad. When they, when, when, Aquaman goes to get the mother box underwater. It's one of the worst rendered things I've ever seen in my life. Just murky, gross water. It just, it was so poorly rendered. It should not have left the cutting room floor. It, it, and that's like, I, I'm willing, I want to see Aquaman. I have for a while. Like, because it looked fun. And I think Black Manta is one of the coolest villains ever. I, I've always liked that character. And seeing him in the trailer with the eye beams, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm in. I'm ready to see that. Like, and but like from the little I saw in the trailers, the the, the water rendering is so much better. Oh, They've it's been, so good. And that's the thing. Like I, I if I'm watching a movie that I'm not enjoying, I'm trying to look for something redeeming, right? Like I want to enjoy things. That's why I, <laughs> I, I I'm trying it's escapism. I'm looking for a story, I'm looking to be surprised. When you start with bad CGI, it's like that is in my face for this whole time. And I'm yeah. looking for like, is this good? Is this good? But everything mm -hmm. like is so small. There's not a huge scale to anything. It all feels very washed out. It's not colorful. So, okay, if the visuals aren't there, maybe the performances. Nobody has enough time to really give a performance, honestly. There's too much going on. And we can't care about anything because it's on to the next thing, on to the next. DJ Khaled does Justice League and another one and another one and another one. Like it, it so then it's like, okay, the characterizations, do we like? No, they fucking, I, Batman does not laugh ever. Like, I, it's, that's just so egregious to me. How do you get Batman wrong? Right. He's only the most prolific superhero in film, television, of all time right yeah like, yeah that's true yeah. nobody else has appeared in more films than batman as a superhero no one yeah. how do you get that character wrong how do you get it more wrong because you try than... to do the opposite of all the previous times he's appeared appeared whether it's shit or not you're going to do it differently george clooney was a better batman was written as a better batman because within the context of that series right you you f we're meant to assume he's the same batman from michael Keaton. right like that's right. that's the continuity that we're following right yeah so we have seen him go through this and he's he's starting to think okay maybe it's time to let go of this pain and and move on not burden robin with it anymore like try and move on right that's what he's trying to do and you kind of see like it's that's not what Batman does. It doesn't make any sense. It's not in the comic books. It contradicts the lineage, 
but at least we were given an opportunity like there you you could make that connection you could say okay he's done sure. four movies we've seen him go through all this wild shit and he's an older more mature bruce maybe he's trying to move on that that's perfectly reasonable i don't know what the fuck happened with this batman i don't know what happened to the batman previous to bvs and i don't know what happened between bvs and justice league i have no idea yeah no i mean and that's the thing is like you're you're right and it's 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 one of those things where i i think because of all the um all the conversations i've been involved with kind of recently concerning star wars i've really just started kind of detaching myself from a lot of the the fandoms that i really enjoy um so so you know the way i deal with a lot of it is like that I don't care, which I, which I hate because I want to care about these things. Like I want, I want there to be a better justice league movie. You know, it's, it's possible. Um, and and I, I, and I know that there is a lot of talk too about the fanboys kind of, and that's part of it too, is like, if you have an opinion, you know, if you like something that everyone else dislikes, then you must be stupid because this was a bad movie. Why don't you know that this is a bad movie? Mm -hmm. If you, criticize something that a bunch of other people love well now you're kind of being this like kind of you know angry fanboy and it's like just shut up enjoy the movie and again I, I i try to keep myself in check i don't i don't ever want to dislike something like you said you want the escape you want to enjoy something if, if something is really pulling or pushing me out of the experience you know it's it, i feel like it's not me i'm not looking for flaws to try to be some sort of you know like oh look how smart i am i found everything that was wrong with this movie like i i, I don't want to be that guy and i try hard not to be that guy but but yeah at some point it's it's like we have to have a right to be disappointed that like look we're in this age where you know we've had four amazing avengers movies why can't we have one amazing justice league movie right you know and and it's, and it's not sell. just DC versus Batman. Like, I mean, DC, DC versus Marvel. Like, I would love to enjoy the DC movies. Like, I'm not doing it to shit on DC as a whole. You know, I feel like that it's it's super ignorant to just kind of lump everything with the DC label on it and be like, it all sucks. Like, no, there's plenty of it that's no, great. Plenty of it that I love. You know, like, you know, I, I love Green Lantern. That could be why I'm probably one of the people who hates the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie the least. Like, because I, I look at that going, at least it's a Green Lantern movie, you know, like, so I feel like that's an example that should give me some credibility that I'm not a hater. It's like, I find things to enjoy from that film. I think there are a bunch of things they could have done better. There are a bunch of things from the bigger mythology that I see that they were trying to sneak in maybe a little too early. And that's what made it crash, you know, but like, you know, I would rather watch that than, than watch Justice League probably, you know. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like, you know, there it's possible for it to be better so why shouldn't we kind of put that pressure on them to do better i mean not that they're going to hear this podcast to be like all right let's re let's do you know a joel and tim cut of <laughs> you know what justice league you know um it, and it's i'm not of the opinion that if something new comes out that cut like is not as good in a fandom it's ruined my childhood right yeah. my disappointment is you had my attention i mm. wanted to like it and it, it you have source material you don't have to do it exactly as it's been done before that's boring i i, I appreciate a new take right but at mm. least commit to it 
if you're going to have a homicidal Batman, I mean, in, in the films, Batman's killed a lot of people. Like that's, it, it's happened. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not contradictory to what's happened in films. Like there's things that they haven't survived, but like the BVS Batman fucks people up like really gory. So go with that. Make that the guy that gets the justice league together. And he's dangerous. It's just like, pick a fucking lane. If you're, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go with this darker night and this darker justice league and not do justice league dark, like, just have a stance just do that do that and put your whole weight into it i might not like it but at least it's consistent at least it's trying something like this just seemed like such with justice league i mean it it had all kinds of problems as we've heard from Zack snyder constantly i think that's the biggest thing like i'm so mad that the snyder cut is happening just because people wind it into existence literally like it is since the day it came out they're like this isn't the real movie because zach didn't get to finish it and we've had to hear about that for three fucking years right and now zach's doing it and spending more than the original budget to do it you didn't have a full movie zach you didn't like uh well and, and and that's one of the things too that i feel like when i was a kid I didn't know anything about, you know, creators or directors. Like I didn't know, I didn't like Star Wars because of George Lucas. I like Star Wars because of Luke Skywalker, you know, like the characters that we see that that's who I like. Same thing with comics. I liked Spider-Man, but now I like Ryan Michael Bendis, J. Michael Straczynski, you know, the people who have written those stories for those characters that I love. And so I feel like, like as people become more aware of who these creators are involved, it's easier to kind of point the finger at a real person. But one of the things I've always wondered is I feel like when, when it was being made, and I mean, I know, I know one of the issues was the whole, like, what was it? His daughter got into an accident and died. And that's why he kind of had to like, so, so, which of course that's like a horrible situation. I don't, I wouldn't have expected him to finish it, but who was it that said, we've got to put this fucking movie out now instead of how about we put it on the shelf for a while let Henry Cavill finish Mission Impossible so he can shave his fucking mustache and then do all these reshoots and finish this movie, you know? Like, you know, so I, I kind of sometimes feel like the fault of it is like whoever the executives are who are like, this needs to make money. We've already put this money in. We've already announced the date. We can't, and any, there's no way we can say, oh no, we have to push it back. You know, like those are, there, there are so many things along the way that could have saved this movie. Or, or made it better in, uh, or at least a little bit better, maybe not saved it and made it a perfect movie, but made it better, you know, and, and that's one of them. If they had waited, if it was the same cut, but all those scenes with, with Henry Cavill, like he just had a normal mouth, like that right there, I feel like would have bumped yeah. it up some percent, you know, I, I wouldn't be distracted and pulled out of the film trying to watch it. Um, you know, again, like if, if they had waited, you know, and maybe, sure you bring joss whedon in to do some of the stuff in the meantime but maybe be like hey zach we know you're going through this stuff but if at some point you want to get back to us because i mean obviously now he's he's done enough grieving where he's going to take part in it again so maybe have the discussion like do you want us to proceed without you or do you want us to you know because i mean look at and, and again 
I think it's great that he got to take the time to grieve, but look at any other job. You get what three bereavement days. If someone you love dies and you're right back to work. So I'm not saying, you know, fuck you, Hollywood, you should go right back, but you know, give him a month, you know, Right. Like that's way more than you get in any other job. And then be like, look, we're not asking you to go back behind the camera, but maybe we'll kind of, you know, work with Joss. He can be doing some filming, some stuff. You can kind of check in. Isn't we can try to piece this back unit together. Director, any like two, right? Like, isn't that what a second unit's for? Is yeah. like you, you, somebody else who can kind of piece stuff together. Like I, I I'm trying to like, as I'm getting more and more frustrated about this. And that's the thing, like I'm so delayed on my reaction to this. So I'm, I'm in my feelings about it where mm-hmm. everybody's had three years to, to get over these feelings. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm trying to, to be more Zen and yes, thank you about it. It's like, this is an experience. Like I'm very right. present minded right now that I am not enjoying what I just watched and I'm very passionate about it. And it, and this, this, this is how I didn't want to feel. Like, that's why after Suicide Squad, I did not want to see another movie and feel like this anymore. Because yeah. it's not fun. And that's the thing. I go to see garbage movies. I saw Gods of Egypt in the theater the day it came out. I own that movie. I love that movie. So it's not that I, I have this, like, glorified palette, right? I can enjoy stuff. But like, it, it, this didn't have anything to enjoy. It did not spark yeah. joy. It would be ma- right. Mary Kondo just right out the fuck in window. Right. Yeah, maybe like just to purge purge the feelings from it. I, I just with the Snyder Cut, I think it's really we're in a time that's very unique where a fan base can say, "We don't think you had the opportunity to make the thing that we thought you were capable of making." HBO should give you the money to do that. And they're doing it. That's incredible. Mm. What a time to be alive where, and that's the thing, like it is not the only movie that has been plagued by difficult production Mm. in the history of film. Most films have not gone the way that they were planned to go. And there are good films that, that emerged from that despite it. It's just, I, I think it's, it's in, in a way it's, I liked that, that our opinions matter as fans. Like I, I do like that. Mm-hmm. I think we get more input and we get to see more things that we like, but it's also, it can just be a bad movie. It can just exist and move on. Yeah. Like so much of Zack Snyder's existence since it came out has been, why isn't this what, what you promised us? And like, is there anything that will come out of this cut that that any positive if it's good it'll just even if it's good i feel like the the damage has been done it's like how much more money did you need how much more time did you need i i'm sorry this is yeah i'm i'm disappointed that i've i brought this and i hate watched it and that's the thing like i it's i don't want to spend my time on stuff like this i don't want Mm. to not enjoy something and to, to live in the not enjoyment as much as I am. There's this like twisted part of my brain. That's like really excited to get to shit on something. And I, I think that that's also like, I'm, I'm doing some, some self analysis here. <laughs> where <laughs> And now it's time for great ideas that go absolutely nowhere. I don't know if you had one. <laughs> I just, no, no. 
<laughs> well, let's let's go with that. Okay, let's. What's a movie that you would like to see the director come back and take another whack at? Uh, not necessarily a movie like you didn't like, or or anything like that. Just yeah. If, um, if if. if if you could have what's happened with the Snyder cut happen to another movie, just for like the thought experiment of it, what would you do? Uh, Spider-Man three. Ah, that's too easy. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's easy, but it's also, I feel like part of it is, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'm also more invested in like me personally, like being a Spider-Man fan and because like one and two had such this, you know, this great trajectory, mm-hmm. And then, and, and again, like, like with other stuff I said, I don't hate Spider-Man 3 as much as most people do. I, I acknowledge like a lot of the, the parts that are terrible, but it doesn't make me hate the whole movie. Um, I think there are a lot of weird choices that could have gone in a different direction and then would have been like a lot better. So I guess I would like, then again, like, I mean, I, I feel like Sam Raimi is maybe completely happy with it. So maybe he wouldn't change anything about it. Um, so maybe if it was like, you know, or I guess we want to look at it is like, if I were the director, what would I kind of change? And I think, yeah, I think we really didn't need Sandman. Like, right. As know, cool as and, that was uh, effect wise, I thought it was yeah. a really well rendered effect. It does nothing to, okay, it, back to Justice League real quick. In the same <laughs> way that fucking Russian family had no reason to be in that film. We just keep cutting back to this family who are slowly being encroached on by parademons and uh, apocalypse uh, flora and fauna. Fucking hell. It didn't need to be there. Sandman was a good effect though. Like, but it it added very little and it it kind of undermined the whole, the the whole Spider-Man origin, right? Like the, the guy is alive. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was actually something that I hadn't noticed, but my, my best friend had pointed out. And I was just like, oh, shit, you know, because, again, like I go into the movies and I'm just like, yeah, Spider-Man, I loved it. It was great. Something didn't sit right with me, but I don't know what that is. And it's like, here's what it is. Like, yeah, this this changes his origin. Like the whole power and responsibility thing is like it's it's kind of null and void. You know, like as we said earlier, you know, power and responsibility for him, is it's almost like like an OCD kind of thing, you know, like he, he was going about his white life one way. And this just like sort of rewrote his programming. So it's like, oh, that's that's not the case at all. You're not responsible. You don't have this responsibility. You don't have to do this anymore. You know, and I mean, granted, like by now he's been doing it, he can continue to do it. But yeah, rewrites who the character is. Um, Also, I feel like it took away from, you know, the I don't know if it was just I feel like it was just, well, Spider-Man one, Spider-Man two, this is Spider-Man three. We have to have three villains, you know, Uh, like there was already so much going on with Harry Osborn, which is probably, that's my favorite thing I think about the whole trilogy is that they build up that second green goblin through the whole thing, you know? And it like, it was, it was great. Like I would have watched a movie that just had him as the villain. Right. Um, I mean, then to throw in Venom too, like that was really great, but it's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, again, kind of trying to do too much. Like, it's kind of like with the death of Superman thing where we got to hurry up and throw in the death of Superman in this film so we can hurry up and bring him back in the next one. It's like, we have to bring in the, okay, the alien symbiote in the black costume, but then he gets rid of the black costume, but then it becomes Venom and then Venom comes back. You know, it's like, it's almost like that should have been something that maybe happened at the end of Spider-Man 2. Oh, look, here's this black costume. And then it ends. 
right. and then Spider-Man three starts where he's in the black costume and it's already kind of, you know, cause I think in the comics, it takes a while before he starts yeah. being creeped out by it. And it kind of starts taking over. So you could, you could start Spider-Man three with, he's just using this black costume, no big deal. And then little by little, it kind of creeps up and maybe, you know, kind of like how they had it, like it affected the way he went after Harry. He was way more brutal because of it, you know? So you could still have that whole part, but you see him being brutal with that whole interaction with Harry. You don't need Sandman to be like, Oh, he was going to murder Sandman, you know, right? like that didn't need to be, you know, that way you could have fleshed out, venom a lot more and venom could have been more of a focus you know like like i could i could understand we need two villains if sandman is your main villain like he's not enough i think to carry the whole film but if you have just basically venom, just a thief that's that's yeah that's his whole yeah but like you you could spend a whole vi- film with just venom you know yeah. like so so i feel like that's part of it is like if you could redo spider-man and obviously don't do the the stupid dancing montage when he has the black costume you know don't don't make him so emo i'm so so glad that exists because of how it's played in 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 the spider-verse right it's so like without that reference i'm so grateful it exists it was frustrating to watch at the time and it's cringy and it's awful but like for an an age where the internet exists i'm glad that that exists too (laughs) it would have been like a a a deleted scene like right we could have it exist in that canned (laughs) well and i feel like it was also a reference to in in number two when they do the raindrops keep falling on my head where it's like he gives up being spider-man it's this look how happy my life can be without this and you get that that freeze frame of him smiling before he goes on like like that was perfect it was hokey and cringy but but it fit the tone of the, the and this was just like yeah it just went on for too long it was like you know like that was a joke in the second one and this was like a bad joke this was like yeah yeah and it led to other jokes making fun of it and that's great but but right. yeah it wasn't good <laughs> right. it's that's another thing that's frustrating about like what justice league is and I, i'm sorry to keep bringing it back to this i i know i'm trying to purge it but it's like, if you look at Spider-Man 3, they went too big too soon. Mm-hmm. They tried to do too much. And that was to, like, there are not, it's not that there haven't been examples of trying to microwave a big universe before Justice League. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a perfect example of that. They just put the Sinister Six, all of their costumes in a basement in a, uh, a post-credits and they expected to have this huge Sinister Six element, and they they shot their wad like it was too much too mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, like and they had the development of Goblin moving into the next film, which you could like or love or whatever, not like. And like Electro, I think was decent, but I know you you hate the itsy bitsy spider uh, fight. Um, it, it just like. I, I think that movie is really visually stunning, but it, it's another example of like, here is a superhero franchise that tried to do too much too soon. I don't know why DC isn't looking at their competition saying, here's what's worked. Just do what worked. Right. You're going to make your money. Like, are you thinking like you're going to blow Avengers out of the water with your third film? I, I just don't. I think for me, if I was going to like have a director take another whack at something, it would be, that's hard. I, I like 
I like thinking about what what an, another version of uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes would be. Mm. I don't know if it would be any better. I'd kind of like to see it without Marky Mark in it. Um, <laughs> I I like that movie. I think it, it yeah. it's weird and it, it's an update and it has like the the ape acting is great. The 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 uh, makeup and the effects are really cool. And I like the the kind of like what the fuck ending of it, where it, it's mm-hmm. it's just as unsettling as the ending of the first one. Um, I get well, yeah. I don't I don't know what what I would want him to change or anything. Um, I'd love to see uh, them give Gods of Egypt another try, just to, just to see what would what they would refine or what they would would. I love that movie as it is it would be really cool to see what a second pass of it would look like if it would, what yeah. directions it would go. <laughs> At the um, very least, like we mentioned before, maybe don't have all the humans be people of color and all the gods be white. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's one easy thing you could change. <laughs> Except Chadwick Boseman who played uh, Toth. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a hard, hard loss. Yeah. I, 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 it's just such a unique thing. Like, I don't know that I'm, dissatisfied enough with anything to like have somebody take another crack at it to try and fix it i mean the prequels would be its own conversation i don't know that i want george to go back because that's what he he did with the original trilogy is he went back and tried to fix them right in his like that's what the special editions and uh specialized versions of those are i i don't i don't want him to do that i maybe yeah maybe let jj go back and do episode nine again i think i would like that give him time to flesh out the things that he wants to flesh out and and like run more i like maybe have Favreau like as the the uh ken kept feige person for star wars under that tutelage have jj go in and do a more refined number nine rise of skywalker here, here's what I would want if, if we're if we're talking about the Star Wars sequels, and I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest yet. Uh, uh, what's the word? I want kind of what you said, but add Ryan Johnson to that and do seven, eight, nine, where there's a fucking plan for all three of them, not tossing ideas back and forth and rewriting what the person before you did. Yeah. Like I and 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 that's because again, like like I said before, like I don't hate all of episode eight but there definitely was a lot of disregard of seven and to be fair a lot of when nine came out a lot of disregard of eight so kind of have a plan from square one what is this trilogy going to be about and then have the the directors re kind of do their version but all under the umbrella of one fucking cohesive story was it who was was it gareth edwards who was going to do who was going to do Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so, I know first. someone else. I don't. Yeah, I don't know who that name was. But. That's what I would do. I would. I would make Disney give him the ninth film to make independent of the like. It, I like the idea of a central theme and like a, a direction that it's going, but I also like the bedlam of like, okay, here's three guys or three directors. Why don't we have a female director in this conversation ever? But like like three directors writing towards and just just do it like a uh, 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 legend of oh shit there there's this uh, a comic 
Kamandi, Legend of Kamandi or, or Kamandi Challenge, where it's this this comic book where they took Kamandi, who's like a, a, a Conan or a Tarzan character, and okay. a, one comic book team will write him into a corner to fuck up the next writer, and then they'll write him out of it and then write it into another corner for the next person. Like, do a Kamandi challenge for it, where it's like, okay, this is what Ryan left. Now this new director comes in and then write that ending. Like, I don't, I, I think- I mean, that's kind of almost what they did with the exception of bringing back the same director, right. you know. And that's the thing, like, I, I, I don't want to sacrifice eight because I love eight. And we've talked about, I, I think the last episode I said, I, depending on whose piss stream you like, it was a pissing context and you can like one stream better than the other. Right. Um, I, I really would have liked to see somebody who wasn't, because that's what JJ wanted to tell this full arc. He had an idea of where it was going. Mm-hmm. That's why when he came in, he tried to make it into that. I, I would have really liked to see somebody come in with none of that and just tried to make the the end of that of those two films that that's what I would do is go back to the original director and and see that version that that's what I yeah I, <laughs> but we can't because it's it's yeah. Star Wars <laughs> right well you know, and, and that's part of it too is like I I was all for the idea when I heard Ryan Johnson was supposed to get his own trilogy set somewhere it's yeah. like yeah great like my problems with eight were never about him as a director. Right. It was the fact, you know, and, and again, that's why I try to look at the whole trilogy and not just be like, you know, Oh, I just love JJ Abrams. So he can do no wrong. Like he has a bunch of flaws too. Right. And I think just the problem overall is that, yeah, it was too much of this kind of like back and forth, which, you know, again, like for comic book series, for other things like that's fine, but this is, this is star Wars. This is like the last three episodes like these are the the concluding episodes of this saga like i I feel like it deserves some special treatment that's not just sort of like yeah throw this guy in then this guy then this guy i mean and and that's the thing don't get me wrong that other guy could have made a better episode nine than jj did like i'll i'll admit that I'm i'm not saying there's no better way that could have possibly ended but but i feel like we wouldn't have had all these problems if, if that sort of care had, you know, again, and we just talked about Marvel did this, DC did this. I mean, I guess it's not the same thing because DC, they were trying to do it with one guy being in charge of everything. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, I guess, yeah, it's a part of like, you know, like you said, have a, like a Kevin Feige type character, you know, right. which I, I thought that's what, you know, Kathleen Kennedy was supposed to do kind of unify this vision, even though different people are working on all the parts, it all has to fit together to one puzzle. And, and that for me ultimately is the biggest, my biggest gripe now is not episode eight was this and I didn't like it. It's the three of them don't fit together as part of a trilogy. You know, there are three different movies. Wasn't JJ on track to do all three? Wasn't that I think so. I think, yeah. So ultimately it's his fault to begin with. If we want to point (laughs) figures that way is that he just stayed on. It probably would have been fine. You know, I, I totally understand like, wanting to never do another star wars movie after doing <laughs> that one like i don't want to shit on jj like he he has been handed the short end of all of the star wars sticks like make make the follow-up to return to the jedi right impossible 
okay, now write the the conclusion to the Skywalker saga. Right. And write it in response to a film that totally threw out all of your ideas. Right. Impossible. There's Yeah. We we managed to talk about Star Wars again. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Uh that's about enough of that. And here's Tim with the final word. Star Wars. <laughs> That's two. Disqualified. Disqualified. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>